This episode of Comic Book Junto is brought to you by Bear Fruit, a Philadelphia-based lifestyle brand dedicated to turning beliefs into creative action and inspiring others to do the same. Head over to bearfruit.com, that's B-3-A-R-F-R-U-I-T.com, and sign up for our newsletter. While you're there, check out our other podcast, The Beautiful Struggle, a weekly conversation series hosted by me, Octavius A. Newman, featuring various guests telling their origin story. Don't forget to grab some merch from our online store. As a reward for being a loyal Comic Book Junto listener, use promo code CBJ to get 10% off your next order. Bear fruit. Believe. Create. Inspire. Now let's start the show. Hello and welcome to Comic Book Junto, episode 45. I'm your host, Octavius A. Newman. I'm the creator of Bear Fruit, and I'm here with my good buddy, Adam Jerk Seasoning Tetris. <laughs> so I'm glad he said seasoning. I really appreciate yeah, you thought the jerk seasoning. With, you thought he was going with jerk? Well, I don't know. It's just, I, I, I think of a joke from Mitch Hedberg where he says something about embracing the contraction when you see a sign that says do not first you see the sign that says do and you're like oh yeah okay yeah. but then you see not and you're like oh foiled me so when you said jerk i'm like what huh but all right so let's, let's start this jerk off on a, let's start this off on a positive it's note. all about for that, the fast delivery okay so let's i don't want this to come <laughs> off negative <laughs> i am <laughs> your host octavius a newman i'm the creator of bear fruit and i'm here with my good friend adam jack o'lantern Tetris. <laughs> hey, okay, just in time for Halloween. All right, but a, a two days late. Yeah, but you know, yeah, y'all still out there acting crazy. I'm that I'm that kid who's showing up at your door and still trick or treating. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, you know November. what my mom gives out What's on this? Halloween quarters, uh, <laughs> quarters, <laughs> and everybody like, yo, hold on, they giving out money at this house. I'm like, mom, I don't Wait, know if you want to do that. You might run. That's my, listen, man. My mom gonna do what she want to do. If I went to a door and someone gave me a SEPTA token, I would, I would fall over dead right there. I'd be, yeah, that's amazing. That's great value. That's what I'm trying to okay. say. That's in value. That's it's worthless if right now. If, if you're a Philly, kid, but and someone's giving out miniature Snickers, yeah, okay, whatever. But sure, if sure. someone gives you a quarter and you go to the corner store, how many pieces of candy can you buy with a quarter? That's really funny. So you got to think. You got to think. There's, see? there's you a got candy. to have your mind right. Hey, there's a kid. See a, the problem. The see the problem with the youth is. <laughs> Okay, they don't know how to think. See, somebody give you a quarter and you mad. See, but what you should say, come on now, is thank you because I can invest that. Okay, <laughs> buy five pieces of five cent candy, sell it for 10 cents each. Oh, yeah. Okay, diversify your body. You know what I'm saying? And then you go to school night and then, then you're the kingpin. Your, your mom's like, invest this. Invest put the, this. Put a quarter in that jack o' lantern. Hear it like yeah, wrangle around in, yeah. the, in the bottom of that empty jack o' lantern. That's good. That's very kind of her. Hey. I think that's a that's she very kind of her. It's funny too because we have a candy dispenser here just mm-hmm. outside of these walls. Yeah. Put a quarter in there. What do you get? Four peanut M and M's. There it is. Four peanut M and M's. Three more quarters. How many M and M's could you get? <sighs> Who knows? Many. Who knows? Countless. Got, I'm gonna tell you. When I was young, I used to sell candy and gum at school. In my day, I did. I used to sell candy and gum at school. <laughs> I went and bought it from like Sam's or Costco or whatever for like the wholesale price, and then I would come to school and I would sell it for more money. What was your intention? To if, make money. Th- this was it. Yes. This, yeah. Yes. That's, that is smart. And then eventually, now the school had a candy store as well. 
So I'm undercutting the school candy store. And people were coming up to me like, yo, you got this, yo, you got that. And I'm like making money selling candy until I got called into the office. Oh, wow. And they were like, we appreciate your entrepreneurial spirit. Yes. I'm however, so glad that they pointed however, this out. However, comma, uh, we can't have you selling candy here. So then I had to go underground. Now, here's the deal. <laughs> I had to go underground. You had to go underground. Keep selling. Yeah. Uh, you, what you need to do, you need to call out, this, this is a monopoly. Mm-hmm. You are holding monopoly. School district. Right. You're holding a monopoly over candy. Yeah. I believe this is fair competition. Listen, step I'm, your game up. I'm How gonna, you going to get mad at me? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm out here trying to, I'm not I'm trying, trying to make it. Is that the point of why I should be here? <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? How you going to get mad at me? Because I done figured the game out. That's a very strong lesson in school that I think a lot of people went to college and still haven't even learned to, to, to embrace that ambition of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to think that even if they tried to shut you down, you already succeeded. Yeah. You already won. Yeah. That's incredible. I kept selling candy. Candy Kingpin. There it is. That's that. Wh- AKA Candy Kingpin. <laughs> yeah, that's a new one. I like that. Wilson Fisk. The I like candy. that. Yeah, that's good. That is good. Octavius A. Newman, AKA Candy Kingpin. Wow. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Kingpins, speaking of, I don't know, organized money. I, here's a I don't segue. Bear going? Fruit. Thank you, Bear Fruit. Your five stars. Yeah, 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 yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Bear Fruit, Philadelphia-based lifestyle brand dedicated to turning beliefs into creative action and inspiring others to do the same. We hope you're inspired by this podcast. So if you want to find out more about Bear Fruit, go to bearfruit.com, sign up for the newsletter, check out the other stuff we got there, go to the shop, buy some things. And also, if you want to buy some official comic book junto merch, go to uh, tpublic dot com forward slash user forward slash comic book junto i believe there's a sale going on right now i think mm. everything on the site is 14 bucks right now mm. uh, or all the t-shirts on the site are 14 bucks so go grab you some stuff thinking about putting some new things up there soon mm-hmm. i have some stuff i've been sitting on so i might so- throw some new things up there and if you want to follow along while we are talking you can tweet at, at uh, adam and i mm-hmm. my twitter is octavius a newman o-c-t-a-v-i-u-s-a-n-e-w-m-a-n the actual show's twitter is at comic book junto that's j-u-n-t-o and adam what's your twitter you can find me at adam teteris a-d-a-m-t-e-t-e-r-u-s yes and before we get started uh. If you're listening on SoundCloud, don't forget to leave comments on SoundCloud so you can leave comments at specific points. You can actually give us feedback, which I think is a really cool feature that um, would be cool if you guys could start to take advantage of so we can see, like, kind of see and hear what you're thinking. Also, shout out to the people who have been using the notes on their iPhone to write us full-fledged feedback on what we're saying on the show. Yo. That's dope. Yes, it is. That's an that's a, that's a excellent idea. That's commitment. I, I really appreciate that, whether it's your pull list or if you just need to expand on something that we were talking about. I really appreciate getting feedback from people. We appreciate we you. appreciate you. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, look, you're smart. You're loyal. I like that. Um, I, I really appreciate is sometimes when the conversation continues outside of the episode. Like... Yeah. Um, Gosh, who was it? I think it's uh, Dat Psych Guy on Twitter was was having a conversation with me today about the Ultimates and how his opinion of Civil War II, Marvel's event Civil War II, is a little different because it's doing things with his favorite team, the Ultimates, that he don't like. And that's a perspective that I didn't have until it was shared with me. And I love having that opportunity to share with y'all on the internet. Oh, yeah. On the interwebbings. Mm-hmm. But let's so, take it back to the weekend. Okay. Holiday weekend. Mm-hmm. It was Halloween. Do you observe 
The holiday. Sure. Spooky holiday. Yeah. What'd you do? It, uh, you know, you're the candy kingpin. Candy kingpin out here. I mean, that's that's a money, that's a money day. Bankrupt. You know what I mean? but you know what's funny to me? I was I was uh hanging out with my wife and um people were like, Happy holiday. And I was like, Is Halloween a holiday? Yeah. Like 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 Thanksgiving? Like Christmas? Yes. And I was like, so Halloween is a holiday, but people have problems with folks calling Christmas Christmas because it's got Christ in it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like Halloween, which has its roots in something, and Christmas, which has its roots in something. And I just thought it was interesting how like there's this pushback on on Christmas, but there's not pushback on Halloween. I mean, I'm sure. I was like, I I never, I haven't actually sat and thought about it. I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that somewhere from some source you can find pushback on Halloween. Oh, yeah. For a number of reasons. The church is the one who's pushing back on it. I'm sure. And then (laughs) I'm like, there's also like, I know, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, uh, Sawin. No. Sawin is. It's it's Gaelic, I believe. Like so, like mm-hmm. Irish. Mm-hmm. Um, it's spelled S A M H A I N. It looks oh, like Sam Hain. I never would never would have spelled like that. Okay, real witchy stuff. So mm-hmm. it's um, it's it's marking the end of the harvest season. So I I imagine Halloween has some roots, if not very strong roots, in Sawin. And there are witches and 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 pagans and and folks who have uh, their their own natural spiritual views and and faiths up in Salem, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and all over the world, really. But I was in Salem, Massachusetts this past weekend, and a lot of people are celebrating Samhain. It's like the 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 darker half of the moon. Okay, the moon, darker half of the moon, dark side of the moon, dark side of the moon. It's a it's a Transformers holiday. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, that's what this Say is no all more. about. But Say it's no a more. it's to celebrate like the the darker time, the winter, the coming of uh, the darker winter season. is coming. Winter is coming. It's a Game of Thrones, Transformers, Ninja Turtles, Michael real Bay, spooky, Bad Boys Three. You see what I'm doing here? Kind of. I'm yeah. just tromping all over someone's very important time. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Much respect. If you if you observe Sawin, um, but I, I was up in Salem, Massachusetts, and mm-hmm. I kept thinking to myself, the movie Nightmare Before Christmas is about this dude who lives, or a bunch of people who live in Halloween Town, and there are all these different towns and worlds that are formed around holidays, and I'm up in Salem, and it's that. It's like this whole town. It's Halloween Town. Yeah, it's Halloween Town. Like yeah, Philly is all about. So it looks like. A movie um, where everybody's white except if it's a cartoon. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe it's not that. It's not like Tim Burton. That's why I thought you were going Halloween Town. So it looks like a Tim Burton movie? No, it's not. Well, I mean, not quite. Okay. Anyway. It wasn't as white as the Tim Burton movie. Okay, got it. Yeah. So there's a little more diversity. But it's like the whole place is, is very, it's a very special place for celebrating this holiday Mm -hmm. and yes it is a holiday and people flock to this place to celebrate there like it's important you know it's not that i didn't think that halloween was a holiday or it shouldn't be it's just that i never i never thought of i just never took a second to even think about it yeah like oh man this halloween is a holiday okay yeah yeah this i wouldn't think to say happy holidays no yeah okay i guess that's the the verbiage that threw me off like someone just said happy holidays isn't that like christmas only for christmas yeah so anyway Shout out to everybody who uh, celebrate holidays, uh, mm-hmm. the holidays, uh-huh. Halloween, 
All of them had all kinds of people dressed up as all kinds of things, good things and absolutely terrible things. Uh, I, d- I did have a favorite. I saw a dude dressed up as Silver Surfer. There's I, a video. Yeah, around the yeah, yeah, yeah. That was he dope. got all painted like Silver Surfer, and and he's uh, actually riding a surfboard, like yes. a motorized surfboard yes. through New York City. That was dope. Mm-hmm. I really like that. You got Jay Z and Beyonce dressed up as Barbie and Barbie Ken. Barbie and Ken. Uh, the Rock dressed up as Pikachu. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he was doing the juju too. There, it was very fun to watch that video of The Rock. What else did doing we Doing the juju on that beat. Who else was dressed up as. Uh, the, the one that I thought was funny is Taylor Swift dressed as De- Deadpool. So look, comics reaching everybody, right? Mm. Taylor Swift dressed as Deadpool. That shouldn't be notable, but what I'd learned is that is actually Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool outfit from the Oh, so film. now Taylor Swift likes Deadpool, huh? No, I, mean, yeah, I like Deadpool before it was cool. Oh. How about that? And that is a PSA about what we're not about here on Comic Book. That's what I'm about this evening. I liked it before everybody, and I'm not a hipster either. That's the (laughs) definition of being a hipster. I was there before. I don't even like it now. You guys ruined it. I don't even care. I don't care what anybody thinks. You guys make me so mad. I don't even care. (laughs) What? You just said two separate things at the same time that are against each other. I find that most people who say that they don't care about anything are the people who care the most. Yeah. In, in my well, I'll tell you experience. what I care about. What do you care, care about? about? People dressing crazy. Uh, dressing, dressing wild. And tell me tell me about who's dressing crazy. Dressing, I mean, you An know, example. Like, you would think by now, okay. Two, 2016. 2016. Do not do anything in blackface no. for Halloween. No, that's not good ever. Don't do blackface. <laughs> it's not cool. It's no. not okay. It's not kind. It's not loving. It's offensive. Mm-hmm. Every freaking year. Yeah. I saw a guy, white dude. He had Skittles in his hand. He had a bottle of juice in his hand. No. His no. face was black. No. He had a red blotch in his, on his hoodie. He said he was Trayvon Martin. That's not. Yeah, okay. So look. What? We, like, that's, the, it, Adam, gets to, it gets to a certain point Adam, in time where there's no. It's like you're just trying now. You can't claim, oh, I didn't know, or I was confused, or you think that's funny? That's not funny ever. Like, in no world. Wow. It's just like, <sighs> it's just like, y'all gonna keep doing it. Yeah. Y'all gonna keep doing it. Now, on the other side of that, I did see something that was like, was interesting to me, is I saw a conversation about cultural appropriation starting to happen mm-hmm. and the conversation of like, my culture is not a costume and things like that. Um, and I saw different things that made me go, yeah, I get what you're saying. Then I saw things that I was like, ah, I don't know. Um, and the whole, then I started like thinking, like really spending some time thinking about cultural appropriation. Like, mm. what is that? Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, that's, that's normally how I do things. Like when I think I know something and I'm not hundred percent sure, I'm like, what is cultural appropriation? Like, yeah. because I'm seeing it, used in a whole bunch of different ways. Yeah. You know? And I was just like a little unsure if I agreed with everything. There's some things I was able to rock with and some things I was like, I don't think that's cultural appropriation. That seems understandable to me. I mean, like, like, for what it's worth, I think that part of cultural appropriation and part of culture in general mm-hmm. is it's not the same for every single person. Right. And that that might be one of the reasons why it upsets people when uh, things are appropriated because you're like, do, I mean, do you even know what that means to me? Yeah. Because maybe you don't. So, it, was there an example, a specific example that you that that got you thinking on well, this? Well, one of the things that got me thinking, and I think this is a real level of 
like I said, I'm trying to understand. I saw a conversation, you know, my culture is not a costume. And it's like, okay, I get that. Um, and I and I saw this conversation around headdresses. Okay. And I was like, okay. Like a Native American headdress. Yeah, and I was like, okay. Um, is that cultural appropriation? And I'm like, man, I don't, I'm not Native American. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I can't really speak from a place of like, well, I think I have some of it in my lineage, but I'm not connected to it. You know uh, what yeah, I mean? Sure, like if sure. I would talk to my aunt, she'd be like, yeah, your first cousin, nephew, twelve Twice removed, blah, 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 was so-and-so-and-so. Everybody's a mutt, you, you know? know? Yeah, but, we, we, we all have something from somewhere. Yeah, but I think about Pharrell on the cover of NERD. Was that cultural appropriation? Mm. You know? And I think about, like, um, YMCA. Is that cultural appropriation? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm just thinking through it, like, trying to come to an understanding of, like, let me not jump out here and say, no, wrong, right. But the way I've always looked at cultural appropriation, I look at it as cultural plagiarism. Go on. That's the way I kind of make sense of it in my head. It's like, it's one thing if I'm writing a paper and I see a quote and I go, oh, that's good. That would really help me to make my point. And then I put it in my paper and I cite my sources. Mm-hmm. I didn't say this, mm-hmm. but this is this was said and I want to reference it because this was said better than I could say it or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Now, it's plagiarism when you write it and you go, I wrote that. Yeah. That was me. I made that up. Sure. So cultural appropriation or cultural plagiarism, at least I'm trying to make sense of it in my head, is when you see something from another culture and you go, I made that. That's mine. Me. We made that up. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you just take it. And I think people of color have dealt with this a lot. Like, people coming into their culture taking over their culture, taking the things from their culture that they like. Music, fashion, dancing. Owning them and saying, we made this. Uh Or we're going to slap it on someone who looks more like us. So we're going to forget you. We're going to forget your cult. We're going to forget you as people. We're not going to really like give you credit. We're going to just take the stuff from you that we want. Yeah. And then we're going to run with it like we made it up. Like, I, I mean... I saw, there's this new trend called boxer braids. It's like, <laughs> Kardashians, you That's, didn't make up cornrows. Uh, like, yeah, this is, right. This, the, and this new, and, and then black people are like, new? Yeah. What? We've been doing this forever. Like, yeah. And I think that's a form of like plagiarism. It's like to take something, call it new and say, these girls have made this popular. Well, and the same thing, I mean, mean, like remember a few years ago with Miley Cyrus and twerking, twerking is the new thing. Everybody's twerking. And it was like, this is not new. No, no, no. This has been around forever. This this actually comes from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. But I think it would be different if it's like, yo, I saw this, I was blown away and I wanted to participate. Yeah. Again, citing your sources. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh Uh-huh. So I don't know if I'm ready to jump out the window and say, you know, you can't open a sushi restaurant unless you're from Japan. Otherwise, it's cultural appropriation. You're taking away an opportunity from someone from Japan to open a restaurant, and now you've done it, and now they can't, and you just stole it from them. And it's Or that person might be like, I had sushi. I was enamored with it. I was blown away by it. I just, I, I wanted to participate. Yeah. And I think there's this like very nuanced kind of situation by situation, conversation by conversation kind of thing. And then there's things that are blatant. Sure. Like the Trayvon Martin thing. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's and like, like I, want, I want to be straight up in the Trayvon Martin case. That does not register as appropriation to me. That is 
racism. Yeah. Like, like maybe it's so blatant that it's just, it is off the scale at yeah. this point in time. Yeah. But I think that's part of what takes place when we have a conversation about cultural appropriation. The thing that I'm thinking about actively is power dynamics. Uh-huh. What group of person is taking something and wearing it and doing it and celebrating it and using it? And where did it come from? What mm-hmm. group of people did it come from? Mm-hmm. So when we're thinking about power dynamics, me, white guy, I wear a headdress. Is that cultural appropriation to me? Yes. Why is that? Well, a lot of white people wiped out most indigenous people mm. in this continent. Yeah. So when I thought this would be a cool, funny, novelty Halloween costume, did I stop to think that someone who is indigenous, mm. somebody who might be a friend of mine, somebody who I don't even know, might look at me not even know anything about me and be like okay right so you're just going to be celebrating the trail of tears now mm. so like your your goofy fun halloween costume is something that my heritage has to deal with and we were oppressed by right this is the same thing with blackface yeah yeah you know and it's it's a law it's a lawful and profitable conversation you get what i mean by that oh for sure absolutely like, there are things that you're within your rights to do but at what cost yeah exactly at what cost because look freedom of speech Mm-hmm. You are, you you have the right to do virtually anything you'd like to within the within the parameters of the law. Yeah, but like you said, at what cost? You need to be able to stand up for it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And in most instances of cultural appropriation, that the 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 instances I think of, I don't think people are prepared to do that. I think there's no consideration for that mm-hmm. because careful consideration might lead you to think. Not a great idea. Yeah. You know? Otherwise, you're going to be like, hey, actually, I'm a grad student, and I'm getting my doctorate in the history of the Cheyenne people, and I understand what each feather means, and I understand that wearing this represents something, and Mm -hmm. it actually resonates with the point in my life that I'm currently at, and I want to pay homage. I'm like, okay, 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 now we're getting to know each other, now you're doing your thing, but like, happy Halloween. You're doing that all night. (laughs) For the people that you're not doing that with, they just assume it's okay, and they ask no questions, and they just receive it as if... Yeah, this is normal. I guess I just think about how to how to be able to kind of like categorize things in a way that we can't just get out of hand and just start calling anybody in. Because like name calling is is a big deal. Like, oh yeah, I mean, you can't just run up on you're a racist. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's that's a huge thing to call somebody. Yeah. So in the same way, you can't just run up on he raped me. Like you don't just. You don't just say things like that unless you really like have done the due diligence to be able to like make this claim. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. you don't just throw these words around. And I think about like cultural appropriation and I think there's sometimes where it's like, yeah, that's it. There's other times where it's like, eh, I don't know. I think you might maybe. Yeah. M- maybe. But I don't know that we can really pull the trigger on that one. And I guess I'm just advocating for that nuance both ways. But call it what it is, and at the same time, maybe pull that and just hold on to it and like seek to understand more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I think about stretching it to the extreme, I think it'd be really quick to go, hey, turn your hat around. Yeah. It's cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm. Oh, you go, oh, so now you want to rap? Cultural appropriation. It's like, I, yeah. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, but then again, there's sometimes where, I guess that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's 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 it again. Just like we have the conversation all the time about nuance. 
yeah. nuance and taking the time to have conversations and get to know people and learn from one another and not being so quick to be able to make judgment calls from across the internet, mm-hmm. you know, and then at the same time, calling like you see it, which I know I just said two sides, you know, two went in two opposite directions. Yeah. But. Yeah. But like my moderation for all things, including moderation. Right. Hmm. And I, there's a, there's a column in my brain for data that I don't know what to do with. And it's something that I train every single day and it's not perfected. And sometimes things don't get put in that column, mm-hmm. but that column is at the risk that I am appropriating CNC music factory. Oh, that column is things that make you go, hmm, right? Because there are some things in my life that I come across. You cited your sources. So. I cited my sources and I'm paying, I'm paying my respects. There it is. Okay. And, but uh, there are some times that I come across something and I'm just like, do I know what to do with this? No. Am I prepared to speak on this? No. Do I feel a way about it? Yes. Things that make you say, hmm. Right. And because let's bring this back to this subject of our show of every show, comic book Junto. We read a comic today, Occupy Avengers. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about Occupy Avengers. Mm -hmm. There's a character. Walker's the writer. Yeah. David Walker. Who's, who's terrific and he's still terrific. And I'm really happy. Same guy who is writing Power Man Iron Fist and the guy who just finished up writing Nighthawk. Yeah. For reference. So you know who we're talking about. So it's exciting stuff. And it's something that I'm ready to be, pleased with, you know, ready to be happy for. And reading that comic, I'm introduced to a new character, introduced, or he's new to me in a way, uh, and that's Red Wolf. Mm -hmm. Red Wolf is a Native American superhero. He's Cheyenne. He, in this particular instance, he was torn from the 1800s of the Marvel Universe, and now he's here in our world, kind of Steve Rogers style. And I don't know exactly what to say about him, but I do feel a certain way and I have questions about the character that I just want to talk about with someone who has opinions and insights that might be more important than mine. Yeah. So that goes in my things that make you say, hmm, category, because I'm thinking, I, I don't know what to do with this, but it's something that I want to learn about. I think the moral of this conversation is it's okay to say, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's okay to have feelings, but it's also okay, okay to say, I don't know exactly how I don't know how I feel, but I know I feel. Yeah. I don't know what to do, but I feel like doing something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it's okay to kind of sit there. You don't have to feel pressured to, to jump, spring into action or like take this ultimate stance. It's okay to kind of be like, dang, I don't know. I got to talk about this with some folks. Yeah. You know, get some insight, get some more information. Absolutely. That's and okay. it, yo, on Halloween, if you, if you encounter somebody like, like whoever this person is who dresses Trayvon Martin, this white person who dresses Trayvon Martin, Whoever this person is, if you encounter that person and you're ready to say something to that person, I think you have every right to say something to that person. But I think the expectation, unfortunately, should be set that that person ain't ready for what you're about to say. Because if that person has gotten this far without stopping him himself, you're in for it. Like, And you're a hero if you make this work. If you talk to that individual and you're like, wipe it off. <laughs> Let's have a conversation. But I, I think if you have allowed yourself to get that far, then you might be a little, you might be a little deep. You might be a little deep. All this from Taylor Swift wearing Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, and wearing the a Deadpool will take you on a journey. Woo! Speaking of Deadpool, um, we heard that 
the director from the first Deadpool movie is no longer going to be on that. That's right. Uh, Deadpool number number two. And his name is Tim Miller. And he's going to be working on <laughs> Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog. Is this animated or live action? Uh, apparently, it's a, a combination of the two. It's one of those movies that is uh, some live action and some animated. I don't know. I think there was a SpongeBob movie that came out not too terribly long ago, where it's a combo. Oh, so it's like the cartoons in real life. I think like that's Space the Jam. Case. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I don't know. Maybe. Don't we'll, oh man, isn't there another Space Jam coming too? I don't know. What LeBron? I wonder if. So I know for a fact, actually, that Sonic the Hedgehog wants to be a part of the Space Jam if he were invited. Oh. I just know this. Do you, are you have a, a personal relationship with him? Although maybe his legs are too short to do that. You know, like well, he's not, <laughs> that's not a very big drip. I mean, if you're, that, if you're that explosive that you can run that fast, you got to think your legs are explosive enough to get up there and make He's a, turning make a into play. a ball and putting himself through the net. Hey, he can make a play. <laughs> you know what I mean? If he's that fast. Yeah. Um, so he's going to be doing that. But of course now Deadpool, the Deadpool folks are looking for a director. Uh-huh. Word on the street is they're talking to the same director from John Wick. I need this to be true. I want it. Yeah. I want it. Yeah, same here. If the director from ha, ha, Internet, if you haven't seen John Wick, go watch John Wick. John Wick was a surprise. Mm-hmm. I went to go see it on some, man, Keanu Reeves. I'm in the theater. I'm like, yo, this thing is all that. Mm-hmm. And if they can take... That action, and you know, John Wick had a little bit of like dry, dry humor to it. You know what I mean? A little bit of like silly moments. But if they can take that stuff that they did in John Wick, and then add the the raunchy humor from Deadpool with the action, it would be amazing. Phew, amazing. I'm in for it. What do you think? Uh, I I want that to happen. I think it would be really great. Um, the action in Deadpool One was great, although I think most of it, if not all of it, was CG. And I wonder how much they'd be able to do with practical effects, because there are a lot of really awesome combat scenes in John Wick. That's the kind of thing that I would love to see, especially, yo, gunplay with cable. Mm. Like, man, I, I can't get myself too worked up for this, because it's not real yet. It's not confirmed. Right. But internet, we have the power. We can make this happen. So if, I think if we want to see this happen then we can maybe influence the decision of Hollywood and say, please let this concoction be, let this collaboration take place. It's got to happen. But it's, that's, that is good news in terms of fantasizing about something that happened. Uh, I want to turn the corner and go to something that is really bumming me out. The flash movie that we were excited about mm. with the director of the movie dope, Rick Famuyiwa. Rick Famuyiwa is, yeah. is, is off the project. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I got to say, I'm not totally surprised, but I'm very disappointed. This reminds why, me, why are you not surprised? Well, this reminds me of when Ant-Man was being made and Edgar Wright was originally on it. Edgar mm. Wright, the same person responsible for Shaun of the Dead, yes. Hot Fuzz, yes. Scott, Scott Pilgrim. Pilgrim. Yep. Uh, great stuff, but it's very stylish. It's very signature Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. It looks like, sounds like no other movie out there, no other director. And uh, it seems to me like Marvel wasn't ready to take that chance to that level of creativity because I think there's a franchise to be protected here, right? Okay. And there are certain bumpers and parameters that I, you got to stay in your lane and make the movie that 
we want you to make. Right. And I was really excited about Famuyiwa being on the project, but I was also nervous that this would happen. Yeah, especially because after dope, seeing Dope, because Dope is a very very particular tone. Yes. A very particular way of telling stories. Yeah. And, they, it, and, it, and it's very different from what we've seen from this current you know, season of uh, Warner Brothers extended. What is it? No, DC extended universe. Is that what they're calling it? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, there was a quote that you pointed me toward on on this subject. Yeah. Let me read that. That for I you. think is significant. So this is what Mr. Famuyiwa had to say. When I was approached by Warner Brothers in DC about the possibility of directing The Flash, I was excited about the opportunity to enter this amazing world of characters that I love growing up and still do to this day. I was also excited to work with Ezra Miller, who was a phenomenal young actor. Uh, I pitched a version of the film in line with my voice, humor, and heart. While it's disappointing that we couldn't come together creatively on the project, I remain grateful for the opportunity. I will continue to look for opportunities to tell stories that speak to a fresh, generational, topical, and multicultural point of view. I wish Warner Brothers, DC, John Berg, Jeff Johns, and Ezra Miller all the best as they continue their journey into the Speed Force. It's that second to last sentence. This is the part that stood out to me. My buddy Kenny pointed this out to me, and I had picked up on it too yeah. i pointed it out to you here's the sense that jumped out at me i will continue to look for opportunities to tell stories that speak to a fresh generational topical and multicultural point of view i don't want to read too far into this because i was not in the room sure i don't know how this went down right but it's his insistence to make sure he says this is what i do as a director mm -hmm. this is what i'm looking to do mm -hmm. that makes me feel like the Flash was not the opportunity that he thought it was. Above, he says, I pitched a version of the film in line with my voice, humor, yeah. and heart. While it's disappointing that we couldn't come together creatively on the project, I remain grateful for the opportunity. I will continue to look for opportunities to tell stories that speak to a fresh, generational, topical, and multicultural point of view. So the way I heard that <sighs> is, this is why it didn't work out. Yeah, That's the way I heard it. That's <laughs> yeah. not what he said, but yeah. that's the way I heard it. Yeah. And I was like, Okay, I understand. You know what I mean? Like, you got to hear both sides. Like, that's his perspective. And I respect that. And I'm looking forward to Mr. Famuyiwa's doing Marvel Go Scoop Him Up. There's, I don't know what's going to happen for Marvel there. Go Get Him. Let him do Moon Girl and Devil yeah. Dinosaur. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, can you imagine that? That'd be unbelievable. Or let him do, shoot, I don't know, something. Yeah. I mean, I, if you've seen Dope, it's just like, man, I need more of this. And, and I need more. I, I need that kind of storytelling and style in comic book movies. Yes. I love what Marvel has put together. But damn it, sometimes it feels like a microwave dinner. Like from time to time, I'm like, tell me more about that. We got all the ingredients in here. The packaging looks the same. We're on point. It's prepared universally mm -hmm. for everyone. It's very easy to digest. Mm -hmm. By everyone. Yep. Some of these characters have powers beyond just like magic and and uh, mythical things. I think some of these characters have the power to change people's hearts and minds, to tell stories that are significant to certain groups of people that are in need of those kinds of stories. And I think Rick Famuyiwa is the type that the type of storyteller who could have been an incredibly powerful driver in the DC universe, the DC extended universe. And it's such a shame to see that go away. It is such a shame to see that go away. Yeah. Well, I mean, we got Dr. Strange coming up. We got Ryan Coogler. We got Mr. Coogler coming up. Yeah. You know, um, 
And we still got lots of amazing people out there who have perspectives. Yeah. You know, we got Donald Glover, who's going to be in playing Lando. Mm -hmm. We got Atlanta. We see what he's doing there. We got Issa Rae on Insecure. We got Ava DuVernay. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a lot of people of color who are like, have a specific voice Mm -hmm. that are making waves, making moves. And I think it would be great to see what, you know, because they're already doing great things. I'd love to see some of these guys' takes on, you know, comics. But I think that what's going to have to happen is they're going to have to come to a point where Marvel does have a particular way they want to communicate things because they have this overall huge billion dollar vision. You know what I mean? Yeah. The whole quote unquote, it's all connected. Yeah. And it's important for them to stay connected, but at the same time, I don't want that to be restriction. I think Netflix is where we see a little variation. I'm with you. Would you, would you agree with that? Like, yeah. Daredevil has a certain tone. Yeah, and Luke Cage. Luke Cage has a completely different tone. Say whatever the hell you want about Luke Cage. Luke Cage, I think, was at least pushing up against some boundaries. Yeah. And I think that's really significant. Yeah. Whether you enjoyed what they did or you weren't feeling it, it was pushing against some boundaries. And that, I want to see that happen. Mm -hmm. These are comic books, man. Like, these stories are based solely on the powers of our imagination. So it you know it doesn't really make any sense to just stick to one type. We'll we'll see how Doctor Strange is. We got a one shot coming up for that. Yeah. Coming soon. Mm-hmm. We're gonna both see it tomorrow. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see. I mean it's getting these all these great reviews. So we'll see. Ahead of Doctor Strange, there are gonna be some previews. And you, sir, are gonna have to close your eyes. That's right. And put fingers in your ears. Well, if you put fingers in your... Okay, Blackout Congregation, let me tell you a little tip. Oh, yeah. Give me the policy. Let me tell you a little tip. Uh-huh. You might think, if I put my fingers in my ears, I won't be able to hear. What actually happens is it makes you hear better. <laughs> if you ever been in a club or a concert and you put your fingers in your ear, you actually hear things better. Yeah, that's when, happening right than, now. Then when you take your fingers out. Yeah. So what you got to do is you actually got to like take your shirt or your hoodie and put that in your wow. ears. Wow, you got to be that guy? Yes, I'm trying to help <laughs> these people out. If you really want to be a part of the Black Guy Congregation and you want to avoid spoilers and you don't want to see anything, you have to close your close your eyes and put like put like cloth in your ears. Because if you stick your fingers in your ears, you're just going to hear better. I don't want to be the cynical person who's going there. But there's going to be one white dude in that audience who's like, I got a black guy in here doing something suspicious. I don't know what's happening. He just pulled his hood down. He, I don't know what this is. And you say, look, no, look, it's just a blackout thing. And he gets real freaked oh, out. Oh, blackout. Did you hear this? He's here with other people. Oh, man. Yeah, look, Blackout Congregation, y'all are risk takers. Hey. For as much as you avoid spoiling an experience, y'all are risk takers out there in the field, protecting your senses. Yes. But tomorrow, before Doctor Strange comes onto the big screen, we get a new trailer for Wonder Woman. I won't be watching it. New footage. It's like two and a half minutes long. Nope. Gal Gadot tweeted, she says that she's really excited to see people dressed as Wonder Woman, Mm. and she's excited to give back to her fans on Thursday. Mm -hmm. New trailer for Wonder Woman. Nope. So, you know, stay woke for Wonder Woman. Okay. Now, that's appropriation, probably. (laughs) That's that's probably. (laughs) The W's just for Wonder Woman, okay? (laughs) Right. So we got that other trailer that's been out. Did you see the trailer for Life? I did. In fact, we, we got an email from a listener, uh, and that listener said, this is a trailer that satisfies things that you guys were speaking on, which is, it doesn't tell me too much, gets me excited for the movie, and that's that. It doesn't show me all of the scenes. But it looks like a space movie. We find, what, single-celled organism, and, and it proves that there is life out there yep. beyond human beings. Yep. 
something terrible happens pretty quickly. And then we have a division of how to handle it. Jake Gyllenhaal. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Looks good to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to, I'm in for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suicide Squad extended cut trailer. Pass. Next one. You're not excited about the Suicide Squad extended cut? No, internet. No, I'm not excited. <laughs> don't try. Don't. You're not pulling nothing over on me. Gonna try to come out here and then give the original cut. You don't want no beef? You don't want no beef? I don't. I want a ridiculous movie. Truthfully, I don't. One of the things that they're using as a selling point for the extended cut is Joker footage. Man. I mean, like, I'm not even kidding you here. The thing that all of us were like, no. This is just like the, the way the video game industry is now when you say this game came out and it's not even at all what I expected. And they're like, yeah, but download the downloadable content, the DLC. You got to buy the DLC and you'll get all that stuff that you want. I just bought the game. Yeah. It's, this is not... Then I got to buy it. It's not what you promised spent me. 50, what was the game? 50, 50 bucks? Yeah, 60. 60 bucks. 60 dollars. I got to spend 30 dollars for the season pass. Yeah. So I got to buy the game and then I got to buy half the game to get yeah. the rest of the game. Yes. This is the way they get you. Yeah, I was reading about one of the scenes that's included. Spoiler warning, if you haven't seen it, this is just going to line a line of dialogue, but if you don't want to experience this, spoilers, three, two, one, it's your fault. I was reading about one of the scenes that's included and it says uh, um, one of the, the characters in the film. Uh, what was the name of our, our samurai? Of uh, Katana? She, uh, Katana, and yes. she has her, her sword and all. And it says like uh, something happens... And Joker is driving his car and she says, wow, that was gangster. I'm like, no, I don't want that in the movie. But if it got cut out, it was supposed to stay out. I don't need that. I don't need that. Man. Katana turns and says, wow, that was gangster. Katana said nothing the whole movie, right? Yikes. She didn't say anything in English. She says, sorry, my husband, he's in my sword. But she didn't speak in English, did she? No. So the so anyway, I'm not going to do this. No, we already had this conversation. Yeah. Anyway, look if you want to start, uh, if you want to start a, what's the word? If you want to start a a a change.org petition for this to not happen, I know there were a lot of signatures for that original one. The guy who said there was not enough Joker in the film, and then, what was it? He drove like. <laughs> 200 miles to get to the movie theater. Like, come on, man. This is just, this is a lot. You drove that far to go. To, we already talked about that. I watched Fury. They're not going to suck me back into talking about. During, during recovery after Shin Godzilla, I watched Fury Amazing for the first movie. time. And that was a very good movie. Amazing. That was very good. Got to give credit where credit's due. And it, I, I kept thinking to myself, how is this the same dude who did Suicide Squad? How is it the same guy? And how is Mr. Famuyiwa not doing Flash? And how does Shia LaBeouf do so well on that. Shia LaBeouf, what an interesting cat. Like he's, I, I don't know him for any acting chops, but in Fury, he was excellent. He, you don't know Shia LaBeouf for acting? No, I do, but not like as praise, you know? like oh, you know, he, I, Very few people, that. in my opinion, have said, you know what I like about Shia LaBeouf? Excellent actor. He's known for other things. Shia LaBeouf can act. He was terrific in Fury. He as Bible. He's just got other stuff going on. Yeah, I really like that movie. That was good. All right, so Beauty and the Beast, live mm-hmm. action, mm-hmm. that's coming out. We got some photos. Your yep. thoughts? Uh, it looks like Beauty and the Beast, live action. All right, that's it. Moving forward. Uh, <laughs> next up, unfortunately, Vine. 
Oh, man. You know, we usually start our show when we have condolences or some mourning to share. If we want to express, yeah, if we want to express mourning for someone that was important to us, I would just want to say, rest in power, Vine. Because Vine is amazing. Vine's hilarious. Vine is the best six seconds you will have any day, every single day. And last week it was it was declared by Twitter that Twitter is getting rid of Vine. They will not be supporting it. If it's you, still gonna stay up though. For a little while. Yeah. But at some point in time it'll go down and people are saying abandon ship. Here's how you can save your videos. I need to look into that. There's so many videos that I love so much. Just six seconds. And one of the things that I've, I find interesting that I need to read into more, but I, I understand the subject that we're approaching here is a lot of people who are taking time to look into Vine and the success of Vine and then killing Vine as a platform and saying, this is, this is a loss for black humor. Mm-hmm. That's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. This is a platform. This was where a lot of our new comedians, a lot of people who are yeah. you see on TV, a lot of people you see in TV shows, a lot of people who are doing movies now, like names you know as in- internet comedians or people yeah. of color, they a lot of them came up on Vine yeah. and they made the transition over into um, Instagram, you know, and it was a place where a lot of people came up. It, it created an outlet for people whom you might have never seen. But that what that also does is it shows you in this time period, something that can be absolutely pivotal, mm-hmm. something that can create someone's entire career can be gone. Disappear in a moment. And it just seems, I mean, I think, can you imagine Facebook being like, Facebook? You still on Facebook? Yeah. Can you imagine some Twitter? You do Twitter? Yeah. But think about what's happened from the first Apple laptop to the one they just put out just now. Yeah. How long has that been? I spent a long time. I mean, but how, do you know how many years that's I been? I do not know how many years. Or like the iPhone. It's been too long since I've been with the fruit company. You know this. iPhone to iPhone. Yeah. I, first iPhone well, I think to the, the first iPhone one just was, came out. What? The first one I think was in 2007 or 2000. I believe so, right around yeah. there. Mm-hmm. So we're a little over 10 years. Yeah. Think about what has happened in 10 years. And yeah. think about what's going to happen 10 years from now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we have no clue what, what the world is going to be like. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it just kind of shows you how, you know, I guess is volatile the word? Volatile, I mean, it's it's unpredictable, Unpre- right? Like, that's a better way of putting it. It's unpredictable it, the you, world is. You can imagine that you have this form of communication forever and then it's just, it is not your decision to yeah. keep this around. I'm, I'm interested to find out what happens in the wake of this. Vine goes away, you know somebody's going to be trying to do something, some crowdsource well, thing. Well, Snapchat. To bring it around. Oh, you mean come back? Yeah. Well, Snapchat is here. Instagram stories is here. Instagram True. is here. True. There are a lot of Twitter things that here. learned from Vine. Facebook, Facebook Live is here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, like the, the, the market changes, man. Like it's hard not to get, like Gary, Gary V says, don't get romantic. You know what I mean? Yeah. The market decides what it is and you got to be able to move with it or you, like you got to be able to go where the puck's going. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you can't just sit there and be romantic talking about the good old days. Like people like Lil Yachty, Young Sav, uh, Twenty One Savage, mm-hmm. um, Lil Uzi Vert. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like these these are recording artists that people like. So mm-hmm. if you sit around just complaining about them, like they're talking about the good old days, like this is this is what it's hitting for. Are people complaining about Lil Yachty? Yes. 
Broccoli is amazing. That song is amazing. However, a lot of his other stuff is not. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Designer has a similar problem. I mean, but that's the thing. Like, you got to look at the, you got to look at, there have been a lot of people who have had dope songs and dope seasons and you haven't heard from them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you got to be able to ride the wave or did the waves going to leave you and they're going to go on to something else. Yeah. It, I, my favorite opinion on Vine so far was shared by uh, Andy Richter, the comedian who, who co-hosts and is always on the, the Conan O'Brien show. And Andy Richter said, when my favorite TV show gets candled, canceled, it's not like my whole television gets canceled. Right. But in this instance, it doesn't matter. Everything is gone. But this is not a this is not a this is not a television show. It's not a television show, but it's the entire platform for broadcast. Yes, and it's a shame to see it go because yeah. that six second thing was magic. So there was something and magic. You about had to it. be creative, man. You had to do something really special in six yeah. seconds, and the stuff that people pulled off was <laughs> the heat of, dunk. A lot, uh, yeah. A lot of a lot a lot of people a lot of people grew up on Instagram, but to see them, I mean, grew up on uh, Vine, but mm. to now see them doing full-fledged one-minute videos on Instagram and see them doing full stuff on YouTube. Yeah. Like, it's just, a lot of people built up their skills, but you know, that's the same thing kind of like with improv. You see people who start out with improv and then they become these amazing comedians. It's just, it's dope to see. Yeah. Well, rest in peace, Vine. I miss it already. I can still watch the videos and I'm still sad that we can't make more. I've seen a lot of like top, 20 top 30 vines i'm just la- laughing because mm-hmm. like you know i'm laughing like gut busting laughing the, these joints mm-hmm. like me and a buddy of mine were just sitting there and i could hear his phone go and mine would go and his phone would go and mine would go and you know we're just la- just sitting on the sofa just laughing at these things like man mm-hmm. did you have a favorite vine like one that you would always go to i don't i don't think i had a favorite vine i just enjoyed just taking time to decompress that's what vine was for me okay. it's like a, a a way to just decompress yeah just sit there and just laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh yeah i can't pick out i can't pick out a favorite one there was a the new york times somebody wrote for the new york times about how vine was candy it was just candy it's like small incremental thing that just brought you joy mm-hmm. this all this is is fun you just pop it in it's fun and I, for me it was Every single time I'm having a bad day and I remember Vine exists because it was something that I would like forget about. And then you'd be like, oh, what's going on with Vine? And then you just be like lost. Yeah, it's done. You're, you're just in a hole for a little while. Every single time I would remember Vine, I'd go back to Vine, always come back to Darius, LeBron James. The LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James, <laughs> LeBron James. It's everything about the way he says it. He's like leaning up on a pickup truck. Like everything about this boy, just it was perfect, and it was unexplainable, and it didn't need to be explained. And you know what's so interesting? There's so many like little <laughs> pop culture sayings that we say now that have come from Vine. What are those? What, what are, are those? Like, <laughs> like, and a lot. I think a lot of people don't know that these things have come from Vine. Yeah. Like, as I looked through some stuff, I was like, oh my gosh, this is from Vine? Like, I know about this, but I didn't know it came from Vine. Fleek on Fleek. Fleek. Yeah, eyebrows on Fleek. That was yeah. from Vine. Yeah. There were, yeah, there are a lot of things now that come. The Running Man Challenge, I'm pretty sure, the first time that came oh, was up it? was on Vine, too. Because, you know, it's that sort of thing. It's just that, like, is that dance with the, the clip of, of the song? And that, that was all you needed. It just gets the point across. Yeah. And then suddenly everybody's doing it. 
Uh, now you got the juju on that beat. <laughs> yeah, now you got the rock. Juju on that beat in a Pikachu costume. Yeah. Where do you get a Pikachu costume that large? Hey, when you got that much money, you're out here doing Jumanji. You can figure it out. Pikachu, oh, Juju Manji? No. I'm going to let that lie. You already did it. <laughs> Just move on. Just, all right, moving forward. Last last uh, story. J. Scott Campbell rethinks Riri Williams. Tell me about this. Okay, J. Scott Campbell was someone that we talked about last week on the show. Uh, we were talking about his variant cover, his very controversial variant cover of Invincible Iron Man number one, in which he depicted Riri Williams in a manner that not a lot of people liked. You and I talked about who is responsible for that being a problem, who should be held accountable. The artist, to some degree, and Marvel, the publisher, the platform, needs to be held accountable to a lot of degree. Uh, J. Scott Campbell has returned this week with a new depiction, a new illustration of Riri Williams that makes a lot of people happy. I think a lot of the same people who are saying, why would you draw Riri looking like this, uh, are totally cool with this new interpretation. And what I like about this is J. Scott Campbell is effectively showing that he has listened to what people have to say and he has done something that that is not in his wheelhouse, right? He has drawn something that maybe he is not known for drawing and it seems to fit the character really nicely. It's Riri Williams. Uh, it's uh, not colored, so it's in black and white. Black and white, yeah. And she's sitting behind, it looks like a partial suit of Iron Man armor. She's got a screwdriver in one hand. Her hands are a little bit dirty. Looks like she's been working on it, building some stuff. Face looks like bright and young. Her face is a little bit different looking than it was in the variant cover that we saw the other week. And it just kind of, it seems to fit the bill. I love it. It's really nice. Love it. And there's something interesting about this too, which is J. Scott Campbell says, look, this is not a variant. Mm -hmm. This is not going to be an official variant. Mm -hmm. It's just me doodling. Yeah. And I think he wins some points back for, for doing that, for stretching and showing that he's yeah. a part of a conversation and yeah. what's taking place. Yeah. But he says, look, it's not a variant. However, y'all were able to get the last variant I did taken away. Mm -hmm. So maybe y'all can get this one put in. Yeah. And you know what? I think that this is great because it gives us an opportunity to be able to see someone. I, I don't... I, I want. I'll just say this: get it wrong the right way. Yeah, you know uh -huh. that, that's a that's a saying I like to say because mm -hmm. we're all going to get it wrong. We're all going to make mistakes. Um, I I love that this actually shows that maybe it wasn't as intentional as as a lot of people were saying. Mm -hmm. You tried to, and what you did was, and and him being like, uh, I just drew it mm -hmm. I'm sorry i didn't think in you would you show that to your daughter yeah I, you know what i mean and like i could see i can imagine the defensiveness of like i just drew it i'm sorry like i didn't think about it you know mm -hmm. but after taking a moment to go okay but i but now that i'm able to kind of let my defenses down i hear what they're saying yeah mm -hmm. and now that i think about it i could have done this differently mm -hmm. and you know what I'm going to do it differently. And the same way I put that one out there and I got feedback, I'm going to put this one out there and get feedback. So I want to say, well done, J. Scott Campbell. Yeah. This is fantastic. I love this piece. I think that that's something that I would love showing to my nieces, something I would love, you know, the young women 
young black women in my life looking up to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like seeing a black woman who's got her hands dirty, who's working, making something magnificent, Mm -hmm. you know, making something that's like above and beyond what you would think that a young 15 year old black girl can make. Yeah. Like showing her like, like the dirtiness of her hands. Like I'm, I'm working. Yeah. I'm getting stuff done. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm making a masterpiece like curly hair, yeah, You know, I'm into it. I think it's important that this exists and regardless of it not being a variant or, or whatever. I think it means something. It means I think it something. says something. I think it speaks to his character. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, it, and, it take, and it's a level of courage, too. You know, uh, he could have just fought, faded to black and mm-hmm. kept drawing. You know what I mean? You think about all the stuff he could have done. He could have faded to black, said, man, forget y'all. I'm going to keep drawing these, these girls the way I draw them. Yeah. This is what I do. I put food on my table. You know what I mean? I don't got to do da-da-da-da-da-da. But... He didn't have to do this. No. He didn't have to reinsert himself back into the conversation. But I think there's a level of conviction, at least that's the way I'm taking it, that says, you know what? I could have done this differently and I'm going to do it differently. And I think that's honorable. I think that's courageous. And, you know, shout out to him. That's what's up. On the opposite side, uh, he, he could have done what Frank Cho and Milo Minara did recently, which is headline a panel about women in comics. And these are people who were under fire for their depiction of women and, and their the kind of their style of depicting women, uh-huh. their illustrations and they're fighting for like getting rid of censorship of art. And what they did is, is they keep fighting, fighting, fighting. And, the, and they were actually part of a, a panel at a convention in Italy in which they talked about women and um, that created artwork that, caused more offense with Milo Minara giving a, a, an original piece of Spider-Woman, a drawing of Spider-Woman to Frank Cho, and it's Spider-Woman in a uh, sexual pose, and through her suit, you can see her vagina. Hmm. And it was a gift to Frank Cho, but it was also a, how you like that, to all the people who are not happy. Hmm. And like that's what anyone could have done J. Scott Campbell could have done. He said, like, how you like this drawing of Riri? Right. But I, I thought that was just a really significant move. That was, mm-hmm. it, it was, it was considerate. And as a fan, mm-hmm. feeling as though my idols, the, my, the figures who make this art that I love and consume, feeling as though that they've listened and they're a part of it with me, there's nothing that feels quite like that. And you this know? is a conversation again about lawful and profitable. Yeah. J. Scott Campbell, I believe, was in his was was within his rights to draw Riri Williams the way he did. Mm-hmm. However, at what cost? Mm-hmm. He's within his rights to continue to debate, argue, and go back and forth and defend his point. Yeah. But at what cost? But what he did was say, you know what? That's not the point. Yep. Here's what the point is. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The point is doing something that the people out there love. And if I'm hearing you don't love it, I'm going to own it. You know what I mean? Enough to be able to put something different out there and actually ask for feedback. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's great. That's getting it wrong the right way. Yeah. And I think that there's something to learn from that. Um, Especially if you're a creative, you know, especially if you put things out there to get feedback. This is a part of being a creative. This is what you're going to have. You know, you're going to do something right, wrong, or indifferent. You're going to do it with good intentions or bad intentions. And people are going to tell you what they think about it. Mm -hmm. How are you going to respond when everybody starts calling you all types of this is and that's and you did this and you, you know, associating intention behind things you didn't mean. How are you going to respond? Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So props. Yeah. Credit where credit is due. All right.
That's the news. That's the news. Take us to the next part, Adam. All right, so this is the part where we talk with you, talk to you, answer questions. We like to call this segment of the show Talk Back, and that's because we want to hear you in tweets, emails. Hit us up however you'd like. Skywriting. Octavius is eating this cookie that he's, he didn't like in the first place, but he's still eating it. He's shaking his head. I, How do you feel about that, Internet? Hit us up. Right. <laughs> you know, you ever eat something, and then when you bite it, you're like, this is not good. And then you just sit it down because you're still hungry. It's a habit now. You know, you kind of yeah. just reach over and break another piece off, and you bite it. You're like, why did I just do that? This is not good. Yeah. That's what just happened. Lawful and profitable. At what cost? At what cost? At what cost? Right. So you can hit us up uh, through our Twitter account, uh, Comic Book Junto's Twitter account, at Comic Book Junto. If you want to use the hashtag AskCBJ, you can ask us questions about whatever you'd like. Characters that you're interested in, story arcs, uh, the background of a character, or how do we feel about J. Scott Campbell? How personal do, advice. Personal advice. Should I adopt a cat? I don't know. Should I get a tattoo of an Archaeopteryx? Uh, yes. Um, answer that one real quick for you right, right there. Yeah, I mean, whatever's on your mind, if you want to talk with us, we would love to hear you and talk with you. Uh, you can also email us at comicbookjunto at barefruit.com, B-3-A-R-F-R-U-I-T.com. Every time I spell that, my eyeballs roll back into my head so I can remember. You're doing a fantastic job. Thank you so much. Um, and we have a couple of things, a, a few items from you right now. I have an email from, please forgive me if I mispronounce your last name. Adam Dedick. 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 Friend of the friend of the show. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, Adam. God, I'm sorry that I just screwed it up off the jump. I just I could have I could have helped you, but I'm just gonna let you go. <laughs> so I sink, sat there and watch, what's he got sink do? or swim. All right. Uh we got an email from Adam. And uh I'm gonna read this one through. He's got two questions for us. He says, This is Adam the Junto. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Question one. Let's say Power Man was the only person that you could give you that could give you a kidney and Night Nurse was on vacation. She deserves a vacation. Yeah, she does. She's doing a lot of work. You can only pick one hero to help get it out. Who is that hero? Question two. What superpower would your Terrigen Mist kidney give you? Your ninja, Adam. <laughs> okay, so we got a lot of organ-based questions right. right now. Right. So question one was, let's say Power Man's the only dude he cross-matched. He went through many months of, of, of lab work, ultrasound, renal exams. Mm -hmm. He's a match. We, we, we're doing this. Right. Impenetrable skin. Claire is not around. Mm -hmm. Night nurse, not on the scene. Mm -hmm. It's not her shift. Right. So who would be able to help cut open Luke Cage to give you that kidney? What superhero has the ability to do that? You got an answer? Uh, the vision. Ah, the vision. wow. The vision. Wow. Now the vision. That's good. The synthesoid from Marvel. That's done. The conversation's over. That dude has the ability. Maybe you don't know this. If you don't know, now you know. There it is. The vision can go incorporeal. So he like ghosts through things, walls, people, whatever. So I imagine he could just like ghost on through. Mm. I don't really know how he takes that out if he makes it incorporeal with him, mm -hmm. but I think he would be able to do that. And I also think he could just see your kidney or like your skeleton or whatever at all times. Right. He's, he's a built by Ultron. He's the man. 
So I'm going to say the vision. That's an amazing And answer. that's like, let me just say, I think that the recovery, real quick. That is a, that is a, that is a well-educated edu- <laughs> answer. That did not just come out of the sky. That's good. I mean, I've been prepared for this. Right. I've been prepared. Had some time this. to think about it. Uh-huh. Well, I think, first thing I think is, <laughs> who's the smartest person in the Marvel Universe? Moon Girl. Moon Girl. So I just go, if anybody's going to figure it out, it's got to be Moon Girl. Mm-hmm. She's the smartest person in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. That's um, a very good point. And next to that would probably be Doctor Strange. Okay. Because Doctor Strange... <laughs> put a little magic on it. You know, throw a little stank on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, put a little herbs and spices on there. Using the eye of Agamotto, he'll get the uh, the, the kidney of chaos hey. out of your body or whatever. You, you know, know say some street magic. Some spells. You know, like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking Moon Girl, you know, if she's the smartest person in the Marvel Universe, yeah. then she's going to be able to figure it out now she might not be able to necessarily like execute it mm-hmm. but she could figure out how it could be done because mm-hmm. of you know being so intelligent all of this science is superheroes right like i'm thinking i need i need beast I need, i'm thinking reed richards yep i'm thinking reed dr. richards doom. With dr doom <laughs> i do not let dr. me just Doom's put a, a good guy let though. me just cap this one right here do not want dr doom taking my kidney out dr doom and tony stark are not getting along <laughs> however Dr. Doom is out here trying to change the world. That is correct. I'm just saying, I imagine Doom saying like, Doom cares not for your life. Give me the kidney. And just killing me. Or killing Power Man, I suppose. I don't know. I think it's not good either way. Okay. What about Hank Pym? Yeah. man Pym particles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might be running through your nose. Yep. Yep. Slide in there. You just shrink that thing down and like, hey. Wow, yeah. that's another great one. Runs mm-hmm. in through your ear, your nose, or whatever, and it's got to be down there. It has to be the surgery. Shrinks it down. Yeah, takes it, completes the surgery, takes it out. She gets it bigger. Yeah. Wow, this is fun. What about uh, Manifold? Uh, okay, uh, Manifold, who's in the crew now, and he's helping. Uh, <laughs> I almost said he's. Helping, what about Iron Fist? I almost said he's helping Tanahasi Coates. <laughs> Manifold's <laughs> helping Tanahasi Coates, right? <laughs> but he does that like teleportation thing. He's like teleport stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You'll figure it out. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. These, got are, these, are great an- these are great answers. We have options. You know? Mm-hmm. And you could also just have Iron Fist just punch you in the stomach. <laughs> you know what I mean? Punch Water! Yeah, just like destroy it and then uh, take it out. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, question number two. What superpower would your Terrigen Mist kidney give you? Adam, what are you talking about? Not, Not you, Adam. Adam, <laughs> Yeah, okay. How you going to decide a, it's a Terrigen Mist kidney? Oh, okay, wait. Let me try to make sense of this. Mm-hmm. So, so I have the gene in me. That's right. Oh, we talked about this. We did. Okay. So, <clears throat> if you... This is an homage. Get a kidney from someone who had the gene. Yeah. Now, do you have the gene? And when the Terrigen Mist comes through, like the ch- the kidney causes you mm-hmm. to go up in that chrysalis thing. Inhuman. Yeah, you turn into an inhuman. Uh-huh. Yeah, so what's the power that it gives you, that it mm. grants you? Uh, you got that, John? The mist comes through. What? What is this? I'm in a cocoon. I'm in stasis, ready to be reborn. And crack, sunlight comes through. The layers of the egg peel away. I'm reborn with... First thing it gives you is a creatinine of <laughs> an amazing creatinine score. I can pee. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can eat all the protein <laughs> and, the, and the potassium that you want. 
that's the first thing. The kidney works. Wow. Number one. That is the most boring. Most important. Boring. Most important. Yo, that is a boring and human. Hey, that's the first part. The renal. First, the first part is that the kidney works. Okay. There's no rejection. All right. Your mutagens in your body are fine. You ain't got no antibodies to worry about. Yeah. And it lasts for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Works so well. Mm -hmm. Uh, so there's that. But besides that, what other powers does it give you? I don't know. Amazing digestion. <laughs> wow. I don't know. Uh, You're just taking this in an interesting place. I don't know. I'm just trying. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> I never thought about my kidney as a special power. You could be the Karnak of kidneys. I mm. mean, you could, suddenly you see the fault in all things. You right. see the positive aspect of all people. <laughs> I don't what? know. I don't know. Like it, it, I'm lost. You can on this do one, anything. Adam. It can give you any power. It what? could be wings. I don't know. You just grow wings. Tangent Miss Kenny gives you wings? That's Red Bull. And oh. I don't think you can drink that now. Fair enough. You're right, actually. I can't drink that. <laughs> oh. That's correct. Hey. All right. I got that one. That's all I got, man. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I imagine it, it, I would just say, what power do I want? So I'd be like, I want to be able to uh, teleport. I want to take a quick vacation. Don't have to get on a plane. Don't have to pay for it. Just anywhere. blink. I'm out of here. Hmm. So yeah, if it gave me an ability, I know this is an X-Men, but I want the Banff. Oh, really? I hope I get that Banff kidney. Just loud. Mm -hmm. Every time you come in somewhere, you're just like, <laughs> come on, Adam, you can't use the front door. It's, it's all loud. People trying to sleep. Smoke all over the place. What's all this blue smoke? I'm sorry. This is ridiculous. It's, I'm sorry. It doesn't smell. It's not supposed to smell. I'm sorry. I didn't mean... Goodness gracious. I was just trying to join you for dinner. You I didn't want... Use the, use the elevator and knock on the front hey, door look, like anybody else. Septa is on strike right now. I I don't I can't ride my bike because of this donation right yeah. now. So I'm just bamfing around. Right. You know, I'm just getting a hang of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't have Septa imagine Fair even. If, imagine if you could make money by bamfing people. Uber Bamf. Yes! Uber Bamf. Uber Bamf. That hey. might be the name of this episode. Yeah. Uber Bamf. Wow. Not Uber Eats. Uber Bamf. And then you get into this whole thing about like how you Bamf, which way through the multiverse you go. Like, right. They start I need you to go through you. this thread, actually. No, nah, you're going to get there. Don't the way go I through take. there. You're going to get there the way I take it. No, nah, I need you to trust nah, me. You're going to get there the way I take it. Okay, you just Bamf the wrong way listen, on a one way. Listen, I've got I know what I'm doing. I've been doing this for a long time. I've been bamfing way longer than you've been riding the bamf. Don't tell. Get out. Get out. No, get out. Because I'm not going. I'm not going to keep arguing with you. Do you want to go or not? You want to go get on scepter? You go. You all right? Sit, sit down and shut up. I'm about to bamf. All right. I'm not going to talk to you about this no more. That's the kind of bamf rider I'm going to be. That is good. That is good. You want to go or not? <laughs> Gosh. I'm going to give you one star. How about this? I'm going to leave you right here. Get to work on your own. Figure it out. Why does Marvel hire us? Okay. I don't know. I'm looking at books like Occupy Avengers. I'm saying, I got ideas. Yeah. Nightcrawler takes up a job and is, you know, driving people places uh -huh. with the Banff. There it is. The Banff Mobile. There it is. And I'm, he's saying, where do you need to go? My name is Kurt. Where do you need to be in the world? Mm. And you Imagine can be how anywhere. much dough that is. It's like, I'm, I need to be a mile away and it's raining. Really? Is that all? You can go anywhere. I just need to get home and feed my cat. Is that I where? just told you you could go anywhere. You know what? Fine. That'll be $200. <laughs> it's like, oh, you didn't give me a chance to say I didn't want I didn't want it. Oh, well, you go I'm here now you're going to give me this 200. Uh, Adam, this is your fault. Not Adam looking Dad. off on this long tangent. All right. So that's it for <laughs> our talk back. Adam put two questions in. So, now we're going to move on. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you guys for submitting your questions. Please continue to do so. Use hashtag AskCBJ on Twitter. Also, you can send us your questions by email, comicbookjunto at barefruit.com, and we could read them and answer them on the show. Thank you guys so much. Also, if you guys want to talk to us, leave us five stars and a positive comment on iTunes. It's another way to give us some feedback or ask us some questions, as well as leaving comments again on SoundCloud. Now, it's time to get into the books of the week, yeah. aka inside the brown bag. Yeah, the pool list. Happy brown bag day. Happy brown bag day to you, Adam, and internet. Happy brown bag day to you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we have. I had a I had a big day. I had one of those days where I needed to make cuts. Yo, I hate doing that. I have so many. Comments. I I try as hard as I can to stay within a certain range. I'm gonna be full disclosure. I'm trying. To stick within the twenty dollar range lately. How? And well, the reason how, I'm, tr- I'm, how? I'm making difficult decisions. Okay, I'm making difficult decisions. You either got it or you don't. And if you don't got it, you cut. Your price is way too high. You need to cut it. And I did. So there's sometimes when I see a book that I'm I'm just thinking I do want to read this, but I'm going to find someone I know who picked this up. Octavius. And I'm going to ask him, <laughs> can I have that? <laughs> so that. every once in a while, uh, that's what's going on. And today, it was there were so many books that I wanted to pick up. There were a few that I did not pick up that I think deserve mention. I did not pick up Champions 2, but I wanted to. Mark mm-hmm. Wade, Champions 2. Uh, Umberto Ramos. Ramos. Yeah, Umberto Ramos. Um, and I did not pick up uh, Cerebus. I don't know if you're familiar with Cerebus, but that's uh, a really interesting book that hasn't been out for a very long time, and a new book came out today. There's also one that came out that I was interested in, and I think it was called Motro, and it looked like wow, kind of like an Adult Swim Tumblr take on Mad Max. That what? looked really dope. I was real pumped. I didn't pick it up because I needed to make some cuts. That sounds dope. Yeah. So what I did pick up, I picked up Avengers number one. This is, uh, we're renumbering now. Yeah. Like, this is where we're at. And I picked this up for a very specific reason, which is the art. Uh huh. Del Mundo is one of my favorite artists. And he did, uh, not too long ago, he did the Weird World, this, the uh, Secret Wars books that were happening mm-hmm. when there was all these universes mm-hmm. and the little stories all over the place. He did Weird World, and it was so awesome. He did that with Jason Aaron. Uh, Mike Del Mundo is on this book. This is written by Mark Wade, and I'm pumped for that. That was a good time to jump back into Avengers and team books because we are renumbering, if you are curious. I also picked up one of our books of the week, Occupy Avengers. David Walker is writing that. And uh, Carlos Pacheco is the artist. Batman number 10. Yes. Of course. This is uh, part two of I Am Suicide. Finally, Bitch Planet. I, I wait for a long time for Bitch Planet. I got to catch up on that. And when it comes out, it is a gift. Bitch Planet number nine. This is timely. says President Bitch on the front. Mm-hmm. And Southern Bastards. Speaking of finally, when was the last time we had Southern Bastards? It's been a while. It has been a, a minute. So Southern Bastards number 15. Jason Aaron, Jason Latour. Can't wait to dig into all of these. All good stuff. All right. I got The Unworthy Thor number one. Mm-hmm. Superman number 10. This is the beginning of a new arc in the name of the father, part one. I got The Walking Dead 160, which is part four of six. The Whisper War, the Whisperer War, Whisperer. which is getting, is, is turning up. Mm-hmm. Um, Champions number two, Avengers number one, Nighthawk number eight, Fool Killer number one. Hey. 
And I decided to uh, get back into Southern Bastards. So I got Southern Bastards number 14 and 15 mm-hmm. to catch back up with that. And then I got the books of the week. I got um, Batman number one. I mean, Batman, Batman number 10 and Occupy Avengers number one. Yeah. I, I got to say, too, on Southern Bastards, if you're not reading Southern Bastards, geeks, fans of the Junto, listeners, this is the power of comic books. This is a book about football in the South, and it's amazing. It's like Friday Night Lights, but more like mo- like the mob. It's gritty. Yeah. yeah. Like the like the, the fall that's important, the most important thing down there is football, and it's tied to organized crime. It is so good, and I never expected to be able to say one of my favorite comics on the, sta- uh, on the rack is about football. I watch football during the regular season, but I'm not crazy about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not, it's not my passion, but I'm totally captivated by the story. It's good to be back. Yeah. All right. So let's start alphabetical order. Batman number 10. So let's get into this. Let me adjust my mic. My All right. Let's put the barrier up. At this point in time, we're going to dig into the book. Every week, we pick two books to read together and to talk through. Octavius and I are going to talk through the plot, what we like, what we're confused about, some of the things that uh, left us thinking, and, and, and we like to this, use this period of time to just kind of chew on this for a little while. Sometimes you re- breeze through a comic book, and you just forget about it. This is not that. This is an opportunity for us to really soak it up. That means that we're going to spoil some things. If you have not picked up Batman number 10, I highly encourage you, to pick up Batman number nine, first of all, and then Batman number 10. So you're caught up and join us for this talk because we're going to get into spoiler territory. Three, two, one. It's your fault. All right. I am suicide part two. This is Batman number 10. All right. So we got here. um, We got Batman who's going to go see about Bane Um, in issue number nine. He basically was walking through Arkham Asylum, picking his Suicide Squad team that he was going to go out there mm-hmm. and go after Bane about um, because, um, what's her name? Amanda Waller pretty much told him, like, look, you know, Bane's the guy who's behind all this, and, you know, if, you, if I help you get out there, you're going to have to do what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. So Batman, I guess they work out some sort of arrangement. He's got the squad, and we see him flying in this, what looks like a new kind of bat plane looks very yeah. like military yes it does um it's pretty chunky not like the normal sleek batman thing. not at all and here's what we hear batman say bane i'm coming for psycho pirate i need him to save someone who needs to be saved turn him over i go away refuse to turn him over and i will break your damn back and it's like whoa o- okay mm-hmm. you know um and at that point, you're like, all right, this is very intense. Batman is serious. Like, wow, this is about to go down. So we see him flying, and I'm going to kind of break this up a little bit. I'm going to talk about what's happening visually because what's there's also like a, almost a narration of a note that's been written to Batman. That's right. So th- through the whole book, there's this note that's being read out loud. I mean, not out loud, but you don't really know who it's from. So I would think since Batman's talking to Bane, this is probably a note from Bane. So we got Batman, he's flying towards this island over the ocean. You know, we see these planes that are coming out towards him and they're shooting rockets at him. And one guy kamikazes and goes straight through the Bat plane and literally like blasts right through it. Yeah. You know, and Batman goes down and, you know, he 
pops open the top of the, the plane and he comes out and he says the same thing. Batman, I come for Psycho Pirate, you know, turn him over, I go away. If you don't, if you refuse, I'll break your damn back. Um, so he gets to land and he's got people shooting bullets at him. First of all, how is Batman diving and running towards a, like, a, like a wall of people shooting machine guns and he's not getting shot? I, you know, the thing that I, I, I asked the exact same I was question. Like, come on, illustrator. Like, try to make it, make it look a little like, I guess that, that, that panel bothered me. It's like, okay. I, I asked the same question and I thought to myself, what is the first thing that Batman is going to reinforce his armor, his suit against? Has to be ballistics. Yes. Has to be. So, I mean, I guess he don't mind like throwing his one straight like, tossing his mug into uh, the muzzle of a gun. But yeah, I was I was interested in that. Still, it's it looks good. It looks amazing, but it just I just had a hard time like wrapping my head around it. So he's in here hand to hand, and these guys all have guns pointed at him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how is I, I love the book, love the comic, but I just kind of wrestle like so what are we doing here? Because we have, looks like hundreds, maybe like hundreds of, of like oh, he's swarmed. soldiers that are being swarmed. And he's just like going to, going to town, knocking dudes out. Now I want to point something out really yeah. quickly. The guns that they're firing, I'm going to offer this as, as an opinion. I don't think this is shoot to kill. I do not think Bane would be pleased yeah. if his minions shot and killed Bruce Wayne on the the, the 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 doorstep of of the prison, you know? Because as we see, they tackle him, these hundreds of soldiers, these foot soldiers, who are literally uh, uh, praising King Bane, Lord Bane. Well, the thing is, the guy says, in the name of our Lord Bane, yeah. on your knees now, or we will open fire. Batman doesn't listen, and they go, <laughs> fire! Yeah. So, they beat on him. They just, but like, then they, it looks like, you ever seen ants? Like if you ever throw like a piece of chicken yeah. or something like that in an ant pile, like they just swarm all over it. You're mm-hmm. just like, Batman's about to die. So, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, here I'm thinking, I'm like, I bet you planned a lot and it's going to suck to get stopped right here. Right. And it just looks, so Batman rolls up in there um, and uh, we see him actually talking to Bane. Mm-hmm. So all the while, there's still this narration going on. Um, and what we're seeing here is it looks like, like here's a little bit of narration. I know you're coming for me. I know you'll catch me. Before you do, though, I wanted to write. Or rather, I had to write you. So basically, this person is writing this note talking about how they were in um, this foster system. Mm-hmm. And it was put on by Thomas and Martha Wayne. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had all these kids that they were a part of. And how there was this this picture of Thomas, Martha, and Bruce that, you know, the, the foster kid used to look up at and wish that they were a part of that and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, is this Bane? Mm-hmm. Like, is Bane the one? Because that's a different origin story. Yeah, because that's not what we just saw in issue number nine. So I'm like, so what is, what is this person talking about? What is Bane talking about? So anyway, Batman, next, pan, next page, we see Batman's like face down beat up he looks like from remember in court court of the owls yeah. where he was walking around in the maze and like half of his mask was torn losing up losing his mind yeah that's what it reminded me of so i start thinking because and because of how ridiculous the, the the um the swarm was i was like is he dreaming yeah is this real you know i'm like is this really happening or is this not really happening yeah so i thought maybe he was dreaming of some sort and um we see actually someone speaking it says you've invaded my country you have mocked my laws 
you are alone. No, oh, and because you have invaded, because you have mocked, the good people of the Justice League cannot come for you. You are alone. Batman is behind him. enemy territory. He's, so this is Bane talking to him. Yeah, he's uh, he's in Santa Prisca, and I guess this means that Justice League is kind of like out of their jurisdiction. If there is such a thing for the Justice League, I, I guess they have some sort of politics that mean that they're not allowed to be in certain places because that would, well, I don't know, send the wrong message, right? Um, so yeah, Batman is, he's not here to be saved by anyone. He's just getting it handed to him by, by the way, completely butt naked Nate Bane yeah like Bane <laughs> by the way a completely like, butt naked but Bane. like let's point this out like Bane doesn't need venom anymore he doesn't have the tubes he doesn't have the green gas he makes that him. point he, he doesn't have point. the mask and he talks about being off that stuff and it's something that's really powerful as an image to me that this dude is saying I don't need anything I don't even need to be dressed I'm just a bare man here and I'm going to crunch you yeah and that is like menacing and what's interesting is and i don't know if you picked up on this batman is still reciting the mm-hmm. same thing bane i've come for psycho pirate i need him to save someone who needs to be saved you know turn him over i go away refuse to turn him over and i'll break your damn back now while he's saying that bane is going like look you know before the venom i would have bent you over my knee but sadly i'm not strong enough to punish you like that and he goes which is a pity, but this will do. And like Bane puts his knee in his back and like grabs him by his neck and like cracks Batman's back. Yep. But what I think is interesting is what is Batman doing? He's repeating something Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. Yeah. Which makes me go, isn't that what people who have been affected by psycho power do? Mm -hmm. So is he, you know what I mean? Like what's going on here? Again, all still, after that happens, after this big back-breaking thing happens, we still have this narration going on. So we talk about this big bombing. They're talking about this big bombing that happened and, you know, how all of these children were burning inside of the house and all that kind of stuff. And looking up at that picture and seeing it burn and all of that. And you're just like, what is... Is this Bane? Like, what's yeah. happening? Because yeah. at this point, Bane is dragging a, a back-broken Batman down to that, like underwater cell that we saw in issue number nine that keeps getting filled up with water and comes down. Yeah. And he goes, I spent 17 years in this room, rising with the tide, sinking with the tide, fighting death, defeating death. I doubt you'll last the night. So Batman gets thrown down there and the, the mice start crawling all over him and the water starts rising up and he finally wakes up. Batman wakes up, staggering around and he starts punching the wall. And you're like, what is this dude doing? So he's punching the wall. You see the wall kind of break a little bit and he's punching the wall more. And then we get a shot like the cameras behind him and we see four spots on the wall that he's punched in. And he again repeats the same thing, talking to Bane. And he puts one hand, like puts a hand in each hole and a foot in each hole. And they did a great job with this. You turn the page and there's this great visual reveal of Batman basically like thrusting himself in like readjusting his back. Yeah. And this is like such a badass Batman thing to do. Like you planned this bro. Yeah. Like you knew what you were going to do already. You knew how you were going to like 
deal with this. Yeah. It, it's This is something that I want, I want everyone who is holding the comic, if you have the ability to do this, while you're listening to us and you're holding the comic, do yourself a favor. And you too, Octavius. The page in which Bane crunches Bat's, uh, Batman's back. Go to that page. Mm-hmm. And then hold in the center all of the pages in between the page where he snaps his back back into place. Mm-hmm. They're inverted from one another. So the crack... The first time it gets busted up is below Batman. Yeah. yeah. And the screaming is above. Yeah. Now, when he gets back into place and Batman pops his back back into place, it's inverted. Also, the colors, all of that red, mm. like menacing, pain, and torment. This is not a good situation. Right. And then the blue, the softer colors, like this is recovery. This is healing. It's a different vibe. When I looked at, it was just kind of accidental. I was accidentally looking at both of these pages at the same time as yeah. I was reading. This is what makes this book special. Yes. Like the attention to detail and the way that the entire comprehensive story is relative to itself is amazing. Tom King has this poetry in the way that he writes and the lines that he repeats. Just like Batman is repeating this line, just like, um, Gotham Girl was repeating her lines from an earlier arc, and the imagery is following suit. And I think there's something so significant about that that's it's just very powerful. Um, I can't get over how much I like this, especially the way that those two pages play off one another. So if you have the ability to look at the comic and, and see those pages side by side for yourself, do that. And then have a certain appreciation for what it took to see that coming. Mm-hmm. And I want to just talk about now that we've touched on that, get back into this letter that, you know, is being narrated. So here's some of the stuff that happens in that whole scene between where Batman gets his back broken and he gets dropped into the thing and his back gets, you know, he resets his back. Mm -hmm. This is what the note says. As you well know, they killed 163 orphans in the bombing. So we talked about there was this big bombing that happened in the, you know, Thomas and Martha Wayne place for kids and seven teachers and a janitor DJ who used to give me thumbs up whenever I walked into a room, a pathetic terror group working out of Kanadak took responsibility. They called themselves the dogs of war. Woof, woof. There were no demands, no ransom, no reason, just fear. They had 237 registered members, all of whom worked in some way to facilitate the bombing. They had 237 members. Now they have none. Ooh wee. I started with those in Gotham. Then I went to the rest of the country. Then I went to their country. Everyone I found had plans, great plans, powerful plans, plans that never came to be. Most of the time, I just slit their throats. Now, so basically what this person is saying is the people who bombed the thing, they went all over the world killing them. Yep. One by one. Is this Bane? Like, you're still kind of like, is this Bane? Are we talking about Bane? So the backbreaking moment happens. And I love the suspense that Tom King has here because he's not quite revealing what's going on. He's not explaining it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see a part where it says, we're alike in so many ways, you and I, the cat and the bat. And then it's like, okay. oh, the cat and the bat. Selena. We're talking about, oh, this is Catwoman talking. And I wanted to almost like start the book all over again yeah. and read through it, understanding, oh, this is Catwoman speaking. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so... What is the significance of this? Keeping in mind that the last issue ended with Batman finding the last person he wanted for his squad, for his new suicide squad. And Arkham saying, nope, nope, uh uh-uh, 
absolutely not. I, you know what she did. You know why she's here. I won't let you have Selena Kyle. So now we know why Selena Kyle was behind those bars. That's, whoa. Like, that, that is yeah. some gravitas. Yeah, quite a reveal. And, I mean, I love the way that Tom King does this. And she starts talking about how they're the same. They're jumping from rooftop to rooftop. Um, and this whole point about how nothing nothing ever stays forever. You know what I mean? Like, like you have this moment, but it doesn't last. It's just for a short period of time, and then it passes away. Um, and just t- I, I just think that this is interesting, like Batman and Catwoman's relationship. And I'm really interested to see how he fleshes this out, ultimately. Yeah. Um, so we see Batman, you know, breaks out, comes through, opens the door, and who's waiting outside is... Catwoman. Selena. And ventriloquist. Yeah. And she says, your, pl- your plan worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, th- I like how Tom King is telling this very serious story, but at the same time, he's doing a good job of kind of tying in some of the campy batman Yeah. You know, and it's not making the story Batman 66, but it's not Frank Miller Batman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's, it's, it's acknowledging Kite Man. Hell yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Like, just the and funny Selena little, even says, like, I've, we're I've not never too seen different. Kalina write, I've never seen Selena say perfect. Yeah. In a comic. That, that took me back to like Earth like 66. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. She even says, I'm like, you and I are not so different. We, we both dress like animals. We both lost our parents. There's a little bit of tongue in cheek in there. Like both of us are out of our damn mind. We're not so different. And it's, I, I, I like the way that Selena is addressing Bruce Wayne. Also knows Batman is Bruce Wayne and, and knows the origin. They know each other. They have history. And she talks about the, the, uh, the, the kind of romance that they have from time to time. Yeah. And she says, when I kiss you, the pain goes away. Yeah. All that stuff that I think about, all how I was raised and, and who hurt me and not having parents like you had. And I think to myself, maybe at some point in time, you'll realize being a hero is not worth it. Right. And you'll come with me. And then, and then, and then it'll last. And they would really have something. Yeah, and look at the way that they're just designed to be so different. She has gone after everyone who did her harm when she was a kid and murdered them, like killed them, took them out of here. It's just not the way that Bruce operates. And, right. and it's, it's such an awesome technique to show how badass Selena Kyle is, how different she is. At the same time, how not that different she yeah. is. Yo, this book, toe to tip. And she says, what do we do now? And he says, now we break his damn back. Now, Batman didn't say any words other than the words that he was rehearsing and repeating until the second to last page. He, there were no new pieces of, uh, of language, of no speech, except for him just grunting and groaning and, you know, hurt, getting his back back into gear and punching a wall. And I was thinking to myself, why did he keep repeating that phrase? And the thing that stood out for me is... He is a person who knows that what he's about to get into is really going to mess him up. Part of his plan was creating a huge diversion and attracting as many troops as possible to him, knowing that they would toss him to Bane, right? And be distracted for a little while, I bet, while the rest of his crew, Punch, Julie, and everybody uh, get in. And 
part of his plan was knowing that Bane was going to mess him up really badly. And he needed to know how to recover from it to trick Bane into thinking that Bane won handily, right? right? So here's a man getting ready to do something that will be terrible. Absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. And he's repeating the words in his head. This is what I'm going to say to Bane because this is why I'm doing the thing that I'm doing. As if it's like, I need to trust myself that it's worth it. I need to say it over and over and over again. You think that's what it is? For me, that was like boosting myself up. Hmm. Putting a shield around my brain and saying, this is what I'm going to say. Is this exactly verbatim what I will say to the person that I'm facing? But I'm, I'm telling myself right now that I'm about to go through hell and it's worth it. Yeah. That's Batman. Mm. Like he does crazy stuff because he thinks it's worth doing. And we saw in the first issue of Tom King's run that he was about to put his life on the line. Not just about to put his life on the line. He was convinced he was going to die in that first issue. Lo and behold... Gotham saves him. Yeah. You know? But he was ready to do that. Yeah, that's a good point. Batman. Yo. Yeah. It just keeps getting better. I agree. Issue 10 is incredible. I can't wait for more. All right. So that's that. Now let's go into Occupy Avengers. (laughs) Occupy Avengers is a, a new Marvel book. And this is coming to us in the wake of some events that have taken place in Civil War II. If you have not read Civil War II, there are major spoilers that set the tone and set the the environment for who we're dealing with and, and why we're focusing on this particular character, Clint Barton Hawkeye. I am going to assume that if you are joining us for this part of our show, that you've read Civil War II or you don't mind some of those major events being spoiled because they're major events, major, like big deal stuff. Odds are, odds are being on the internet and being a comic book fan in any regard, you know about this stuff, but I don't want to take my chances and I'm giving you a fair shot. We're going to spoil not just Occupy Avengers, but all of Civil War II as it's run its course so far. And it's still in progress. So giving you a shot to back out now and read those things and get caught up. If you're with us, three, two, one. Spoilers, it's your fault. Occupy Avengers is a very interesting angle on the Avengers. And before we even get into the book, something I want to point out is the mission statement from the author, David Walker, who we know and love for his work on Power Man and Iron Fist, for his most recent work, in the sadly ended way too soon Nighthawk. David Walker really likes taking a humanitarian, social, political angle on comics. We see it in Power Man Iron Fist. We definitely saw it in Nighthawk. And this is his chance to build an Avengers team that is specifically, quote, the the solicitation for the book, protecting the 99%. So that's an interesting language. We're thinking about the Occupy movement, the 99%, right? Clint Barton has no superpowers. And apparently David Walker has gone on record and said, no one on this team has superpowers. And something that's really unique to me is we meet two people on the team in this issue. We're going to meet Clint Barton and we're going to meet Red Wolf. Apparently there are several more characters that are going to join the team and Usually this is not the case. You see the artwork and you know who's who. I have no idea who's going to be on this squad. 
is being held a secret until it happens in the story. And I think that's really interesting, but none of them are supposedly going to have any powers. And this is going to be, uh, you can't say just regular superheroes. What the hell is a regular superhero? Um, non-mutant, non-metahuman, yeah. non-inhuman. Non-human, uh, uh, non-human, non-metahuman. Non-metahuman, non-inhuman, non-mutant. Right. So people protecting people, so to speak. I like it. Yeah. Um, and this is a story about Clint Barton figuring out what he does with his life after what just happened during Civil War II. And what just happened, as we know, is he killed Bruce Banner. Clint Barton was told by Bruce Banner, Bruce said, promise me, if I ever turn into the Hulk, here's an arrow that's going to put me down immediately. You need to put me down immediately. And we had that moment where maybe Bruce was turning into the Hulk. Clint was pretty sure that was happening. And he made a decision and he killed Bruce Banner. He killed the Hulk. So in this world, after that event, superheroes are not happy with Hawkeye. Superheroes are, there's some contingent of superheroes who are effectively saying, you murdered one of our own. There was a trial. Clint was acquitted. And regular folks, normal people, are saying, thank you so much for getting rid of the Hulk. You are a hero for killing the Hulk. And I really like that David Walker starts out by addressing how strange that must be for Clint to hear because he's going town to town, helping people out with their, you know, whatever grievances and obstacles they're dealing with in their communities and their lives. He's effectively like saving cats out of trees and stuff. Yeah. You know, and he's going to town to town and people are saying, Oh my God, Hawkeye, thank you so much for killing the Hulk. The Hulk hurt my brother. It's gotta be, that's gotta be really uncomfortable. Yeah. Especially if you're trying to like, you know, be, be polite yeah. And Clint is straight up not proud of having done what he did. He knows that he did it and he knows he was the person who had to do it, but he's not happy. You know, it's not like he gleefully was skipping out of the courtroom because he was acquitted. And it's not like he was happy about doing what he did. He was sobbing immediately following yeah. the events. Yeah. Gave himself up right away. Yeah. And he also, uh, something I like that David Walker points out is Clint says, you know what? Wearing a mask as a superhero sucks. It smells bad. You can't breathe really nice. But I kind of wish I still had a mask. Because right. now everybody knows what my face looks like. Yeah. And everybody thinks they know me. And that's an interesting dynamic, I think. So Clint is in this town, Santa Rosa, New Mexico, and he seems to be in a diner of some kind. And he just wants to have his his meal, but people keep coming up and talking to him saying, thank you, thank you, you're a hero. Yeah. And there's a long line. There's a lot of people in this spot and some police roll up and they see there's a lot of activity in there and they just want to make sure that Clint can mind his own business and everybody can calm down that it's a safe scene and they sit down and talk brass tacks with, with Hawkeye and say, Hey, we want to know why you're here. Also, we want you to do this thing for us. Mm -hmm. And as it turns out, this thing is, uh, it has to do with the water supply in Santa Rosa. And, uh, effectively what's taking place is there were, companies that were dumping waste or some chemicals in a certain part of Santa Rosa. Uh, and this part is Sweet Medicine Indian Reservation. 
And they were dumping all these chemicals and it messed up the water supply. And now no one can drink the water supply. It's polluted. And no one's paying attention to this community because it's a Native American indigenous person reservation. And who cares about those people, right? Again, DAPL. What's yeah. happening in the world right now? Yeah. Hashtag no DAPL. Yeah. The Dakota Access Pipeline. I'm like, this it could not be more timely and relevant. And uh, Clint wants to know what's going down. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also doesn't necessarily know where his place is. That's an interesting thing. He walks in and he doesn't want to be the white savior. And you can see him kind of juggle that a little bit. Yeah. Where he's like, pardon me for saying so. I know this sounds trite, but this can't be right. Like, who, how can somebody be treating y'all like yeah. this? It, he says, I don't understand. Why are people still living here? And the, and he goes, does it look like we have money to go anywhere else? We didn't choose to live like this, but we fight to survive. And Clint goes, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Uh, uh, it's just, uh, it's just um, like something needs to be done. You know what I mean? Like Clint's yeah. like, you know, and you can, you could see that like, that was a genuine moment of, I could see someone who comes from a privileged background say something like, why are you guys living here? Yeah. And and, and then the person from like, you, do you think we, you think we chose this? Like we're dealing with it. We're yeah. fighting and scratching to survive. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's going into this town to ascertain what's taking place. And, uh, he's also being spied on by a group of folks wearing like, I guess there's a rule. If you're wearing a bandana around your, your, your mouth and it's the bottom half of a skull, you're, you're a bad guy. You, yeah. You're, you're a bad one guy. of three types of bad guys. Yeah. You are one of three types of bad guys as, as Clint walks us through. Uh, there are three kinds of bad guys with machine guns. The first have really good aim and they kill you. End of story. The second have really bad aim and you get away, throw a party afterwards. And then there's the third. They're deliberately missing you because they don't want you dead. They want to capture you, interrogate you, maybe throw you in, throw in a little torture because they have some kind of weird psychosexual thing about being in control and causing pain. It's best to avoid the third type of bad guy with a machine gun as much as the first type of bad guy with a machine gun. Both are bad for your health. Yeah, a little bad. You know what? I like that. Yeah. As a fan of Matt Fraction's Hawk Guy, this this reminds me of the way that Clint was written when Matt Fraction was running that arc. And I I think it's really cool because I I notice that language and the speech behavior, that kind of casual Mm-hmm. goofy tone yeah. through this serious situation that reminds me of another author and that feels like David Walker paying respect to the continuity of the character mm-hmm. like writing that character um, it should be said that one of the cops that was talking to Clint earlier is Red Wolf yeah and Red Wolf is a deputy with this this uh, unit in Santa Rosa New Mexico but the the deal with Red Wolf is he is a character that we now have in the 616 the Marvel universe as it were and he was pulled out of the 1800s and now he's here right so it's kind of like how L- old man Logan woke up and he's yeah. like where the hell am I where am I What's that happened on? to a lot of people and for Red Wolf it happened to him and he is a man out of time think Steve Rogers, Mm -hmm. except way, way longer Mm -hmm. from the 1800s until now. So it looks like he's getting on all right because he's wearing body armor. He's doing his thing. He's a cop. He's a deputy. But he also has a job. Yeah. I mean, like he's he seems to be assimilated to the time. I don't know. But uh, he's also 
Red Wolf. And the thing with Red Wolf is he is a Cheyenne warrior. He has a tomahawk. He rides this horse and helps Clint Barton as the bad guys are chasing him. Mm-hmm. He's got these two wolves that come along with him, which are pretty cool. Yeah. And he's got stuff going down. So it's it's paying respect to, I guess, the, the Cheyenne spirituality and lore and culture and history. Um, but something as I'm reading this that I'm thinking about is, you know, there are not a lot of Native American characters that I can think of. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the first that I can think of in the Marvel universe that I am confronting right now. And of course, he's got wolves running alongside him. And of course, he's got a tomahawk in his hands. And I was thinking about that. He's a cop, ain't he? Like, could he roll up as a cop? Could he roll up as a person with a handgun or a taser or like in a car? Or could I see something that didn't remind me of an unfortunate stereotype? And that kept rolling in my head until I said, like, I got to, you know, I talked about at the beginning of the show, there's this category where I, do I have an answer for this? No. Do I know how to speak on this? Am I qualified? No. Do I feel a way? Yes. Things that make you go, hmm. So I put that in that column where I'm just thinking like, I don't know how to feel about this yet. I want to see this character develop. Um, but he seems to be kind of the straight man to Clint Barton's wisecrack, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a part that happens here that I thought was very interesting. So like you say, you know, we've got Clint Barton, Hawkeye, who's uh, running from these guys, the machine gun guys, the guys who are intentionally trying not to kill him. Mm-hmm. They're trying to take him alive. And he has this moment where he pops a wheelie, jumps over this cavern, uh, uh, big like gap. Motorcycle doesn't make it, but he makes it to the other side. He gets himself like holed up behind some, some, uh, uh, this big rock. And he takes his time, gets his arrow ready, shoots an arrow over and all that kind of stuff. And, and Hawkeye's talking to himself. And he says this, when a cosmic entity threatens to destroy the world, you do something about it. Shape-shifting aliens invade your planet, you take a stand. But what do you do when the water supply of a town is contaminated? When the rights of the poor and the powerless are ignored because, well, they're poor and powerless. How do you fight that? Thanos, he's formidable, but he's not a contaminated water supply. Now, I love this. That's the thesis, I think, of this book. I think everything this book stands for and this story that it's going to tell us is going to be based on when the rights of the poor and the powerless are ignored because, well, they're poor and they're powerless. How do you fight that? And this is what I've been talking about for a long time. Mm -hmm. What I've been saying in comics. I'm like... So you mean to tell me Karnak can see the flaw in everything, but he totally turned, he can't see the flaw in the prison system. You mean Mm -hmm. to tell me that Ulysses can see the future, but he can't see, you know, black kids getting shot in the street. Yep. You you know, like these, these heroes conveniently aren't aware of people of color and the ailments that are going through. But they're aware of, you know, giant spaceships and aliens and Thanos coming and all that kind of stuff. So seeing this and actually seeing them go, dag, I know how to punch the bad guy, but I'm a guy with a bow and arrow. Yeah. Like, what do I do? Like, these people, their water's contaminated. I don't even know how to. and and, And he says, he goes, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. Yep. Life was never simple. 
but it was never this complicated. I think it's and interesting it's, that it it took Clint having to no longer consider himself to be a part of the Avengers mm-hmm. or in a superhero environment mm-hmm. in order to see life at this level. Because I think of academia and academia, a lot of people who are incredibly well studied, they research the world, they look at the world from a certain place. Yeah. But sometimes within academia, there's this this crisis, which is you're not a part of the world that you're studying anymore. Mm. You're in a bubble. You're not even you're not connected now. You look at the world through this certain almost a telescope because you're so far away from it, and you have to exit that bubble in order to see how things really are, to experience how things really are. And it feels like Clint is going through that right now. He had to exit the Avengers Tower. He had to get out of a helicarrier to see what's going on on the face of this planet. That's interesting. That is very, very interesting. And I'm, I'm with it. Meanwhile, we have a lot of really dope action, too. Like, there's stuff going down as Clint is thinking about this. Uh, he's trying to evade the trucks and these bad guys with machine guns. And we're, Red Wolf helps him out by running, like, basically playing chicken with this Humvee, throwing an axe through it and uh, toppling the thing. And, and then uh, Clint Barton is just going ham with his bow and arrow, too. I mean, he is, we're seeing the effect of the bow and arrow, which is something that I think is interesting too. This is very, what's the word? You remember, you remember the game, the video game, the last of us. Yes. When you shoot someone or kill someone in the last of us, you feel it. Mm -hmm. It was like, that was not just a random thing that just happened. I felt like I just took that person's life. Mm -hmm. There's some value of, of, to the gravity of that sensation. And I felt that way. Every time I saw Clint put an arrow through somebody's leg, I noticed that went through his leg. He didn't just try to kill him, but I see what that looks like. And that sucks. And I think that speaks to the level of storytelling that we are down on the ground. We're using bows and arrows. We see blood drawn. We see people incapacitated. It's not nothing, you know? Um, I think everything in this book speaks to the purpose of the book. And I really enjoyed it Uh, up to the way that, Red uh, Red Wolf speaks to Clint and says, uh, you speak to us like we're in this together. Right. And he says to him, and you speak like you graduated from Dr. Chumley's school on proper diction and grammar. Yeah. Like it's, it, I can hear that, that unfortunate stereotyped uh, Native American speaking. Mm-hmm. And Clint Barton saying like, why, why are you talking like that? Mm-hmm. Like there's an interesting dynamic between these two people, right? Right. Now. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, these, these guys, they, they're trying to help each other out, get out of this little chasm area and they find some water. Now, the whole point of them being in this area right now is there's no water here where there was a riverbed. All the water is gone. It was, in, it was contaminated and now it's missing. So it's odd that Clint would jump down into this little area and splash into some water, and we see a familiar bad guy back from the old Spider-Man days. I immediately go back to some of my old action figures because mm. here's Hydro Man. <laughs> Hydro Man. <laughs> the name's Hydro Man. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Who uh, Hawkeye was under the impression was Rain Man or Wet Willie. Could be. That could be. Yeah. Absolutely. Never know. So uh, we see Red Wolf 
and Hawkeye go toe-to-toe with Hydra Man, and Hydra Man is beaten up on him, and it ends on a little cliffhanger with uh, the two of them under this, like, water cyclone. That was the thing with Hydra Man. He was always making these whirlpools yeah. out of nowhere. It was like a tornado, but it was water. water water-nado? Yeah, it was a water-nado. So uh, it looks like we've got these two who are going to be helping each other out, figuring out how they 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 help this this town and get the the water back so it's not contaminated or get people to pay attention to the crisis anyway. And in the next couple of books, David Walker says we will meet more members of the Occupy Avengers. What did you think of this book? I'm in. Yeah, can't wait to see who else is going to be a part of it. I got some ideas. Yeah, yeah. You want to shout anybody out? I mean, take a stab. I mean, because I was thinking about that too. I'm I like, mean, who is who don't have powers? Who don't have powers? Who does David F. Walker have a relationship with mm-hmm. <clears throat> that might not be able to show up where we saw them last? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything jumping out at you? Cockroach. Okay, that's one option. From Power Man. <laughs> okay, could be. You know, could be the street magic guy. Yeah, um, yeah. The uh, the uh, what is it? The Harlem Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, I think Nighthawk. Hey, that'd be something. I would be very happy if we we saw that. That hey. that would make me very hey. happy. You know, we got. You know, we got a guy. No powers. Yeah. Book's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. David F. Walker just finished writing the book. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And I wonder how Nighthawk, if if I'm just going to fantasize for a minute here, we'll go on a tangent. Nighthawk rolls up and he sees Clint Barton trying to go town to town, saving people. Hey, let me white knight you. Let me be the guy who fixes the situation. What would that dynamic be like with those people talking to each other? Both heroes, both good intentions. Right. Incredibly different means right. of getting those things done. Yeah. Incredibly different priorities yeah. and spectrum of vision. Uh, David Walker, I appreciate your presence in the Marvel Universe. Yes. And I want to give credit to whoever thinks it's a good idea to keep you on payroll because it's a damn good idea. Because mm. these are stories that I think are really interesting and they're showing it uh, to us at angles that are provocative, important. I don't think Galactus is going to be showing up in this book. Well, I like, and I think that's fine. I- I'm okay with that. I'm really excited about it. Or if Galactus rolls up and he's like, what's with all of the racial stratification? Why? And then just turns good and helps people. Right. That'd be like, this has got to stop. Good, good guy, Galactus. This is ridiculous. (laughs) I didn't realize. (laughs) I I wasn't aware that this was going on, but now that I've seen how ridiculous this is and people of color, I I am blue. I don't know if you've (laughs) seen me recently. I'm, I can relate in a small way. This is kind of why I'm so angry. You know, my people haven't probably been represented. You know, I look at your media and I don't see anybody blue. So it really upsets me. You know, this is a religious symbol on my head. Yeah. No, no one understands. No one understands it or respects it. Uh, I understand you guys have something called All Hollows Ween or Halloween. Uh, I saw someone dressed up as me. Yeah. They, they were in blue and they wore the religious symbol on their forehead. Galactus is going to see that dude as Silver Surfer. Like skating through the streets in New York you think City. This is funny. This is I, I know him. I, he, I've I've seen him before. Cultural misappropriation. I don't That's appreciate. And it, did you, I didn't see you cite your sources either. <laughs> wow. I am angered by this. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's talk about books of the week for next week. Man, yes. next week is a gigantic week. Oh no, I can't. 
Ugh. All-Star Batman number four. I just think of our episode, my wallet is weeping. Batman, I mean, Black Panther, World of Wakanda number one. Hey, Roxanne Gay on the scene. Invincible Iron Man number one. That's Riri, Riri Williams. Williams. Yeah. Power Man and Iron Fist number 10. All right, we got a lot going on. Okay, mm-hmm. so here's what I'm going to say. Pick up All-Star Batman number four. Pick up Black Panther, World of Wakanda number one. We're probably going to actually talk about that one. Um, pick up Iron Invincible Iron Man number one. That's Riri Williams. We're probably going to talk about that one. Mm-hmm. And we have to talk about Power Man and Iron Fist. Yeah. I would say that Batman is an honorable mention, but I mean, I just feel like we have to do the, the World of Wakanda. Yeah. We have to. And we have to do Riri Williams. We've talked about it too much to like now not talk about the book. Yeah. You know I mean, one of the things that I'm... I'm very curious to to find out, to experience firsthand, is Brian Bendis writing a 15-year-old black girl. And like, we know that Bendis is capable of doing a lot of things. I personally love his run on Spider-Man right now. It's one of my favorite books. I love Civil War II in spite of whatever grievances. Um, but yeah, I'm curious. What's this going to be like? What's it going to be like? Uh, so... Regardless, I think it's very important to pick up World of Wakanda. Yes. If you're interested in the same kinds of things that we're interested at Comic Book Junto, mm-hmm. World of Wakanda represents something significant. So I want to see that book have love. And also, our Batman is just fun. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's very fun. So pick up those four books at least. We're going to we're gonna touch on them in some sort of way. Um, and that's our that's episode 45. Yeah. Hey, really, really important note to make right now. There's an important thing coming up next week. That is election day. This is true. I'm bringing this up because we, we haven't actually talked about it on the show in any way, partly because... Fantasy, comic books, escapism, you know, we're trying to make sense of the world that we're in. And right now, this election year in the United States is difficult. And I'm not trying to live in this right now. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. But here's the thing. Tuesday, November 8th, wherever you live, if you are registered to vote, I hope you are. Yes. This is how you become a superhero. This is how you do your due diligence as a citizen This is how you are an Avenger. This is how you are the Justice League. You exercise your right, your privilege to vote. Please, 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 on Tuesday, on November 8th, vote. You have to do it. This, the world, the United States anyway, from the perspective of the world, is in a pretty precarious place. And I'm not afraid to say it. I'm nervous. Yes. I'm nervous. And you better believe that I will very proudly go out and vote. And I hope you will do that as well. Go vote. Mm-hmm. So by the time you are listening to this, uh, I hope that you, you keep that information in your pocket, under your hat, whatever. And uh, do that thing on Tuesday. You should hear from us again between now and then because we're going to do a one shot mm-hmm. on Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Yep. So a lot of good things coming. But hey, look, they're on the bright side. The election is almost here. So like... It's almost done. Almost done. Right? Yeah. Eh? Yeah, let's get this over with. <sighs> All right. Let me know where you can find you on the internet, Adam. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram under the same name, at Adam Tedris, A-D-A-M-T-E-T-E-R-U-S. Hit me up. How about you, Octavius? On all the socials, 
I have all the same thing. At Octavius A. Newman, O-C-T-A-V-I-U-S-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. Thank you for listening. Leave us five stars and a positive comment on iTunes. Seriously, do that because it helps us move up in the ranking and helps people find out about the Junto and join the Junto. Invite someone to join the Junto this week. Send out a tweet at some folks. Tell them to join the Junto. Put episode 45 in there. Um, Please do leave us comments on our SoundCloud. Send us those tweets at hashtag AskCBJ. Send us those emails at comicbookjunto at bearfruit.com. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, You got anything else, Adam? Rock the vote. Please, God, rock the vote. Go out and vote. (laughs) Until next time, we love y'all. Peace. (laughs) 